Hi, everybody. Welcome to FNS Wrestling Podcast, episode 160. I am back from the local fair. You are back from work. Also local. Also local. You're more local than the local fair. Local fair was Local's like 20 minutes away. Uh, liberally. Yeah, but uh, your soon-to-be 13-year-old brother and some friends wanted to go to the local fair and wander around and do stuff. So See, we started when I was soon to be 13 correct and now, now that's your brother yeah. crazy and so i win we're friends with a bunch of the parents so we went for dinner and then went and wandered the Who fair for a with? bit some place i forget what it was called you go with? sam uh, the hennigers and the uh, shepherds cool beans yeah it was good um i don't know we went to some restaurant that someone looked up and it was supposedly the best highest rated restaurant in the town so it Sutton. was it was okay yeah i hate Sutton. Why? I don't know. So, I yeah, we were at the decided. fair. It was fine. How was work? You did a full eight-hour shift today. Seven and a half. So did you get your lunch or dinner yeah, or whatever break? Yeah, seven and a half, but it was an eight-hour. I was there for eight hours, but it's a seven and a half. Right. Because you get speaking. You don't get paid for half-hour dinner or lunch. Or yeah, whatever. when they want to give me an actual eight-hour, then I'd start at 1230. Because then it, the 30 would be taken off or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. That kind of deal. How was closing today? No. Exciting. I prefer not closing. I know you do. I know you do. I got used. To, I've had like my. I've had like a string of shifts where I'm not closing. So. And what's the big nice. deal today? What's the big event today? The basket peaches. <laughs> it was corn before. It was like just loose corn. Yes. We were just like piling it out. Local it's corn right now. Yeah. We were just piling it out. So I'm glad to not do that at least. Now it's basket of peaches. Yeah. Are the hot item in the yeah. produce department? Excellent. Yeah. And but what else is today? What is that? What is the We've celebration? We've had our kitten cat for six years. It's now. a six-year anniversary of the cat being in invading house. our house, just doing nothing and getting stuff for it. That's right. Living the best life possible. Yeah. I, I'm getting her to use the. Anytime I give her treats now, uh, she gets excited. But I just get her to use that treat ball thing now, because now if she wants to yeah, treat, cool. she has to do stuff. I for tried it today. So yeah, now we when we give her treats, like she actually has to do something for it. Yes, they roll so out of that good. little ball. Yeah. And then tomorrow is your mother and I. It's our 17th anniversary tomorrow. If you say so. So we're going to go out for lunch somewhere because tomorrow is, we've talked about it before, This our street tends to have some, some little parties. So tomorrow is chicken and ribs. Uh, so know, you're working. Uh, mine's again, probably Big Mac and fries. But or you can come by after. There'll be food left over. So yeah, maybe. we're going to do that for dinner and hang out and pool and whatever else people mm-hmm. do. So if you want to swing by, swing by. Mm. Not mandatory, but. Then that's about it. Mm-hmm. I was then, gonna say something, then I forgot. And then anything else going on Sunday? I don't nope, think so. I was gonna. I forgot. I'm you fine. had something to banter, and then you forgot. Yep. I like your death triangle shirt today. It just says death. I'm in my Brody. Oh no, I took it's the Brody Lee. Clo- or no, not death. Triclops. I was wearing Brody Lee at the fair. Now I'm wearing FNS branded merch. I remember pajamas. <laughs> what? Shout to Ghost Jam because he actually con- he contacted us. Not, yeah, I, I know. You, and then I'm he just also, setting you up to explain. Uh, yeah, and um also tagged us in a post because there's a there's a swerve shirt that says what's up turds yeah and you said i should get that no is you would get that shirt i, I should get that yeah yeah so uh, i don't know turds on it That's summer funny. rolls along we continue yeah. to do stuff we I'm watched a bunch of wrestling waiting for fan expo yeah next week right no couple weeks i think two weeks i don't know oh yeah end that's of right. o- like it's the two end weeks. of end of August. you're right you're right you're right yeah and um I was just speaking of watching wrestling, I forgot we haven't watched the collision main event that we wanted to watch. And I Not want to. The the uh, FTR Cole 
and it's a couple weeks and old I'm, now. And the then the parking lot brawl too. And the parking lot brawl. And I haven't watched a Mega Osprey this month yet. So you're falling behind. Yeah. But yeah, we're gonna start out after the news. I think we'll review SummerSlam, right? Because we haven't done that. Uh huh. I know. And then just the regular stuff after that. So AEW Dynamite, some trivia, some Impact, some NXT, some main roster. Impact. S- and you, uh, Impact, you said no figures this week? No, I'm just waiting on my Stardust and my Usos. Right. Hope that comes soon. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, those I feel like I've seen people getting their Usos now, like, because from the pre-orders, but I'm going to assume you guys pre-ordered when it was on back order, so I'll probably, probably. go later. I'm just, because otherwise... I don't know when you would have had a pre-order, but I'm going to assume you didn't. So, yeah. I don't think we pre-ordered, no. It's no, probably I think, I think back we back-ordered, which would be like, I think, Pretty a sure thing, September right. or something, but that's... That's not, ridiculous. That's not, Come on, ringside. That's not current. I did want to mention, like I guess I won't mention it later because it's one thing, but like you know those Hasbro-style figures? Yes. Uh, New Japan's got another one because they did Jay White a while ago. They got a Takahashi on there. Oh, yeah? Like the guy you like. I do like him. Yeah. I so just saw he's going to be in the multiverse, I think, Impact. Yeah, a tag match. No, I think it's is he's there's also he, is an he in the Bullet Club match. Junior. I think he's in that because he's junior, right? So I swear on. it was a tag team music. It he might have been in he might be, be in be that right. Bullet Club one I sent you, right? Because it's he. Oh, whoops, sorry, that's. Fine. But yes, I do like talking. No, he's he's. I think What's he's he up in, to? Whoops, that's, I don't see him anything. Um, I swear, I th- I, maybe it wasn't that. I, I, I'll I, look I saw him in a graphic I somewhere. I don't know. I didn't but anyways. But yeah, so we'll do all of those things as we usually do, and I guess we'll get started anytime you're ready to get rolling. Yeah. All right, so the first thing we'll do, take a look at some of the week's wrestling news and rumors. All right, we'll do a usual check-in with ratings. NXT this week averaged 776,000 viewers, up 8.2%, earned a 0.23 in the key demographic. Same three weeks in a row, consistent, very consistent in the key demo. That matches NXT's highest rating since October 28th, 2021. The good run of NXT continues, and it feels like, as someone watching NXT every week, I know you're seeing bits and pieces here and there. It feels like it's in a new era, right? This is Mm -hmm. the era of, like, the third brand, uh, quote-unquote, kind of, right? And I think it's actually working a little bit. I like when they made a third brand at Survivor Series that one time, and that was actually cool. Yes, they did, but then they never followed up on it, really, right? With much, but no, but that was still. But nice. this feels like this is like a mark, a demarcation of a new kind of. This is sort of the the ratings are in the seven hundreds all the time now with these other people coming down from main roster. And this also week, Dana Brooke. This week it was Rey Mysterio, obviously. So, uh, and then we had Collision got crushed, but there was a reason. So four hundred seventeen thousand viewers it sucks down forty three point six percent and a point one three in the demo down fifty almost fifty two percent so record low ratings but this is what happens when you decide to put your show on the weekend guess what <laughs> they were up against SummerSlam. so yeah. not only is it a big sporting event but it's a wrestling event so it's gonna pull your fans obviously so super low numbers but explained by yep that uh, Dynamite then was 846,000 viewers they averaged, which is down 5.4% and earned a 0.29 in the key demo, down 6.5. First on cable charts in the key demo and third in all of television is what it said. So those sounds good, I guess, even though I, I don't know why. I always want Dynamite to hit a million is my mm-hmm. hope for that. Yeah, right? I don't remember the last time they did. but It's been a while, but they do every now and then. Yeah. 
What you got? Clock, I think I have four clock other. Clock a milli. I might have four or five because you sorry, clock a milli. Is that what you said? Yeah, I, I remember <laughs> the one YouTube guy used. I was talking about. I don't remember what he was talking about. It was some YouTube related thing, and he was just saying like clock a milli on that or something. Yeah. So that we, we want dynamite to clock a milli. Sure do. Mm-hmm. I would like that. Um, big news of the week is Bronson Reed is now big. I knew you were gonna lead with that. That is huge. <laughs> no, it's big. <laughs> it's big. I because you didn't believe me. I told you on SummerSlam that that is his new, and you were like, <laughs> "That's so stupid." You were, yeah, you were kind of like, "That's too dumb to be true," but it he's is. big, Bronson Reed. Now. That's just like the fact you putting the word "big" in your. <laughs> we're in the alliteration era as well, right? <laughs> Dirty Dom, big, big. Uh, sorry, what's his name already? Big Bronson Reed. Big Bronson Reed. We'll see what else there is. Seth freaking Rollins. Oh wait, no, that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's uh, <laughs> seems like something somebody finds amusing, it's so, so we're gonna see it more. Um, well, uh, Shinsuke turned heel, so you could do like, you could do like, no, what, can you call him slimy? Sneaky Shinsuke. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Uh, so my first thing, I don't know if it contributed to the match on Saturday, but Roman Reigns apparently got hurt in the SummerSlam match. Now, I got this as of Wednesday, and there was no word on the location or the severity of the injury, and that was Meltzer saying that. So I don't know if it would really change much considering how he wrestled. But did he wrestle extra not to spoil our review of that match but was it extra plotting because he was hurt but i don't know it didn't feel yeah, there's any... no way to know no there is no way to know but it's very hard to tell we'll talk about that which is almost genius in a way i i'm hope i'm counting i'm gonna warn you now when we get to reviewing SummerSlam, i'm almost positive i have nothing for the main event other than saying jack can just sort of summarize any main points from it if you remember I will do my best, but I probably won't. Because I think slog is the word that I use in that. Uh, that's a nice word. Yes. Slog. So, slog is a funny word. But we'll get there. What do you have for news? Um, uh, the real big news of the week, uh, the New Day returned. I forgot they were gone. That's also huge news. Yeah, I legitimately <laughs> forgot they were gone. So Apparently, I, Kobe's been I, injured for like five months or something. Sure. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. And let me guess. They unveiled a brand new character. No. No, exactly the same as they always have and, been. And uh, they beat a team that you used to like. Uh, Vikings? Yep. How did I know? Because <laughs> who else? Who do I use? Did I tag team? An act- First of all, it's an actual tag team. So that's For, okay, not, that's that's a giveaway. narrows it down. Then a tag team I like. That narrows it down. Then clearly a tag team I like that, that doesn't they ruin. That, yeah, that doesn't win. So mm. that was all roads led to Viking well, Raiders. I'm going to segue, because speaking of real tag teams, and I use that with air quotes, uh, Sonya Deville's out with a torn ACL. So the that. women's tag titles are once again vacant, because these titles are cursed and also mean nothing. Is there a chance? I heard that she even said they're cursed at this point. But anyways, is there a chance? Well, she was saying they weren't cursed or something. Is there a chance they just go away? Nah. No? I doubt it. They're just going to Is keep... there any self-awareness in WWE to go, these are... Not on that level, no. True. That's only the 24-7 title, because that meant, like, arguably less than the women's tag titles, which is something... But it was defended and way more visible. <laughs> uh, not, like, but, like, for a time it was, yeah, yeah. It was definitely more visible. Yeah. Um, This is, like, the third vacancy this year, probably, because, what? It's cursed. Raquel and Liv vacated once. Um, I swear they won the title, the vacant titles, or maybe... Was that Raquel and Aaliyah? That might have been last year. Oh, my year. God. Toronto's I own. I don't know. In, like, the past year or so, and this year there's been two vacancies, but at least in the last year, like, calendar year, uh, there's been, like, three vacancies at least, yeah. which is just nuts for 
one title. Is Aaliyah still with the company? Yeah, but she doesn't do anything. And so Deville was partners with who? Liv? Chelsea Green. Oh, Chelsea Lives Green. Lives with Raquel. They beat them for the belts like a few weeks ago. Right. I don't know. And so Chelsea... She got injured when they were facing Charlotte and Belair. Hopefully that wasn't a title match. So not that I'm a huge fan of Chelsea Green, but unfortunate because it's either she gets hurt or her partner gets hurt. It oh, seems yeah, she's like on the like regular. times, yeah. Um, but uh, well wishes to Daria Baronado. <laughs> yep, for sure, Daria Baronado. Um, so FTR, it was Dax, I think, said that... Something about CM Punk? They're hopeful that CMFTR, your favorite... That's such a... Amalgamation. Stupid. They're not even born in Chicago. So he's saying that that versus the elite will happen eventually. And basically, like, summarizing, if everything works out and the money is right, so AKA, like, give punk money. Enough time passes that they're not so angry and the money's right that they'll do it. And basically, that's how wrestling works, right? And you've also, I think, in AEW, because they have like multiple signature big team matches right like you've got blood yeah. and guts and but those Anarchy are usually consist of more people so you'd probably like throw in hangman and maybe a bushi again right. but then cmftr would need people and who's teaming with punk don't know thunder rosa <laughs> i don't know but anyways uh so darby and Sting back it's in not there. really a surprise because if there's enough money or interest in stuff it just yeah. happens so um personally surprised. nah yeah I um, don't care. i'm good enough with box ftr because that that can stand on its own legs without the brawl out nonsense from last year. I yeah. as soon as you throw punk in there and make it a, a faction thing, it's gonna become about the thing and I'm very way too much on the side of not punk to enjoy that. That is for sure. Yeah. Um the most interesting thing I found this week was um Triple H is gonna be removed from the board of directors when the Endeavor deal closes. Interesting. Um, I did not hear that. And he's been on there since twenty fifteen, so that's interesting. Wow. Um and the only notable people on there who I recognize are Nick Khan. Yep. Who we love. Heard of him. And Vince. And Vince, yeah. Hopefully not, given what's happening with him. Um, you know. I've yes. heard I didn't put in my news, but like Bray Wyatt's got a really bad illness. Like he's Fighting for survival right now. Is that right? Yeah, he's he's probably doing better. So hope you could just give it to Vince though. Just I didn't hear like that. Give <laughs> the illness to Vince, which sounds mean, but it's Vince. It's true. So it I feel Vince. comfortable saying this on the internet. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. You know. Yep. I hadn't heard that about Bray, so yeah. that's not bad. That's I guess. why he's been gone for a while, other than the fact that this character can't sucks. say I've missed him, but no. So taking a look at All In, right? Um, I have two things, official matches and rumored matches. So you probably know the official matches. What are they? I have one, two, three, four, five. On, on All In. There's the Swerve and Fox versus Darby and Sting, which should be Nick Correct. Wayne. The Coffin match. Um, yeah, MJF Cole. Correct. Uh, the Women's Four-Way. Correct. Which is Soraya, Sky Blue, Baker, Bunny. No, it would be Soraya. It would be Soraya, Baker. It would be Soraya, Baker storm oh sorry there's two to be decided yeah but that that's probably what it would be and then um ftr bucks and then i guess cole and mjf aussie open if they do the show yes okay so rumored matches then jericho osprey obviously moxley no No, thank you moxley claudio wheeler yuda versus eddie kingston orange cassidy and a partner that confuses me but sure yeah i don't know where that comes from but uh also noted kenny omega versus Takeshita. Yeah, that is acceptable to me. however sorry to continue that may end up taking place at all out with a six-man tag between omega hangman and ibushi versus Takeshita, jay white and juice robinson 
for all that in. That is nice. That'd be all right. We get both of those. Then you get to catch to Omega it all out. No, 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 no. Here's no? what you do. Okay. You do Osprey Omega all in. Then you do Takeshita Omega all out. So half yes. Okay. Uh, what else do you have? Um, uh, Murphy and Ripley got engaged. I saw that. Congratulations to them. The Weens. Yep. That's uh, cool. That's my last thing. That's your last thing. Uh, what do I have for you? Did you see the semifinals for New Japan G1? I uh, know. Isn't it the quarters? So the quarters happened yesterday. Oh, sweet. Uh, did Osprey, is Osprey in the finals? So or semis? Block A Osprey? winners. Osprey. Block A winner Sonata lost to Evil, who is the second place finisher. So Evil's through. What the? That's weird. Block B winner Okada defeated second place finisher from the D block, Zack Sabre Jr. So Okada's in. Osprey. Okada, Okada and Evil. Osprey. Uh, Finley uh, did lose to so he won C block he lost to the second place finisher of B block Osprey so Osprey's in yeah and then D block winner Naito defeated A block second place finisher Hikaleo I, that's the one that confused good showing me. for him I yeah. kind of barely saw any G1 I'm not gonna lie I watched I'm a little bit I'm just pulling but. for Osprey to win so you've got Naito faces Osprey oh that's nice Okada takes on Evil I'm that's not a big weird. Evil fan that just seems weird to me yeah so he beat the champion. It feels like it should be Osprey. I swear Osprey to God, Okada. if it's Okada again, I'm going. But to I feel punch like Okada something. should be evil. But I don't. Well, know. Yeah, obviously, but I because I swear he won it last year, and that even was confusing to me. Yeah. Because how many things does he need to win? No. Stop doing that. <laughs> Stop winning the things. Stop winning the things. Let Osprey win the thing for once, okay? Osprey's allowed to win something. Okay, right. it's okay. For Osprey to win something. He yeah. already beat Okada once, so just have him beat Okada again. Just and do that. The last thing I have is, because I'm not really keeping up with Ring of Honor in terms of watching it, just putting it in the news because I like him. Shane Taylor defeated Gravity in the finals of the TV Eliminator Tournament. Which had more than four people. Right. Uh, so he's got the next shot at Samoa Joe's TV title. And I would actually probably seek out a Shane Taylor-Samoa Joe match because that would be an absolute slugfest. So that should be pretty fun. Mm -hmm. I may check that out if the time comes, but I guess that's it for news and rumors. Mm -hmm. And so the first thing we'll do is go back to the pay-per-view from last Saturday, correct? And that was this year's offering of WWE's SummerSlam. All right, so SummerSlam, I have some notes, nothing extensive, because I figure most people have watched SummerSlam, but I'll remind you of a few <laughs> of the highlights and whatnot. Um, your favorite Kid Rock's involved in the opening, right? That was weird. It makes sense. He's a D Detroit guy. Ah. Uh, okay. And he has a history with WWE as well, right? So At the 25th yeah. anniversary. So we got some Ba Wida Ba, which actually, <laughs> full disclosure, I liked that album back in the day. But anyways, um, I don't think Kid Rock's a dude I would care to hang out with at this point but i did like that album so he's so, an adult uh, what well, yeah he is an adult he's definitely yeah. adult rock Not at this kid. point uh opening match we start out with logan paul taking on ricochet this was sort of touted as basically two super athletes right looking to outshine each other and i thought they did a really good job of pretty much just that to be honest so 18 minutes excellent pace lots of high-flying stuff uh, and Again, man, not what I want to say, but Logan Paul, we talked about it at mm -hmm. the time, Aside continues from, to like, be very impressive. some things, which yes. is what I noticed, and I noticed that since, like, the first time, just the way he does certain things is just yes. kind of janky and unpolished, but generally speaking, he's very good. Like, the amount of times 
the amount of experience he has and how good he is, yes, there's certainly things he needs to polish up on, but he's good, unfortunately. Um, yeah, it's just the polishing, right? Yep. And that's the only thing that's come. trying to me, but like, yeah, that, that'll come hopefully. So he hit a neck breaker on the apron that looked cool. Remember, Ricochet was sort of, I think, hanging over the bottom rope or middle rope. Anyways. Um, I just remember the hurricane neckbreaker that Ricochet did that I've never seen or heard of before. It's coming up, actually, and I know where it came from. I don't know. I'm going to assume Hurricane Helms. Correct. He was that's a producer what I figured, on this match, but... apparently. So it was like an homage. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, you had Logan Paul, good heel work, right? Like yelling at the ring announcer who is, her name is... Samantha Irvin. Thank you. Um, and also Ricochet's fiance. And he also at one point gets a bottle of Prime from someone in the in the crowd, right? As one does. So he, there, Logan Paul did some tributes to other wrestlers in the right? He did a Strowman Power Slam because he was um, a partners with he did do Ricochet. That. That's one of the things that looked a little weird to me. He also did a Hogan Slam and a leg drop at one point. No, that was a Nikita Lyons one, okay? He, that's true. It was the extra, like, splits on it. <laughs> that's what made fair. me laugh. Um, I like that his Nikita Lyons. They did a spot where they tried to Spanish fly off the apron member and both land on their feet. They didn't quite. It went better than uh, Money in the Bank it did, did, though. It did. Okay. No one got hurt, but they yeah. they wanted to land on their feet. It was still pretty close, though. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a standing Spanish fly on the floor after that. That there looked was. Like, a little weird, but like in a good way kind of thing. Yeah. Paul hit a buckshot basically off the apron, right, to the floor. That looked pretty good, honestly. The Hurricane Neckbreaker, as you mentioned, and I, I had apparently Hurricane Helms produce this match. And then remember this spot, just because I liked how quickly the counters happened, where Paul comes off the ropes with a moonsault, Ricochet catches him, which was impressive, first of all. And then as Ricochet is about to counter with something, Logan Paul counters into a nice DDT, all in like rapid succession. I thought that looked really good. Uh, You had Ricochet, Ricochet selling his midsection, and you get Logan Paul getting his knees up on a shooting star to sort of add into that. And then Ricochet misses the 630, right? The referee goes to check on him. And someone, we're pretty much a week away. Has it been revealed who this dude was? It's probably just one of Paul's boys. That hands Paul brass knuckles, even though he already has a metal hands or whatever. (laughs) Whatever the story. (laughs) Titanium thing in his Curse these metal hands. Yeah. (laughs) If anyone gets that reference, they win a prize for me. Uh, if you get the curse that met, curse these metal hands. Uh, so he ends up clocking Ricochet with the brass knuckles, wins and does the very like 80s hiding the... He did a good job of like angling himself away from the referee and dropping the knuckles in his tights and stuff. So mm-hmm. that was good. And then um, got Samantha and announced his name. Right. And my favorite Tried part to get was, her to remember, do it twice. Um, Michael Cole was like, great match, but the ending sucked. He did right away. <laughs> it was so funny. It was kind of like he was a reviewer of it going. It like, was just it was just funny uh, the yeah. way he said it. Cause it, rem- it just like, Very it was just blunt. plain and simple. Yeah. It, was, it reminded me of like, and Andy's like, this food is bad. <laughs> this food tastes bad. That ending was bad. So I... And I know some people didn't like the finish, but it didn't bother me much because it's it's Logan Paul cheating, right? It seems on brand for him. But I really liked this match. I thought it was a really strong start to the show. It's a smart opener. Uh, This was in my top three matches uh, on the night. And I think even Ricochet gains something in a loss here, right? I don't think it really hurts him. He gains um, something from just being in a solo spot on a a really good opening match. For the first time in, like, years. Right. Um, I don't think he did that when he was freaking intercontinental champion and now that logan paul has embraced being a heel and the company he's is definitely doing better. that yeah he's really he good was, that's one of the things is he was insufferable in the promos with roman because yeah. he was trying to be a right a good guy and the one lucky no one shot thing it. was it was in i hated it 
so this i really enjoyed this match i thought it yeah. was a very strong opener um and i had no issues with it really as far as main roster stuff goes it was very good right um yeah, I don't know how strong the story was going into it because I wasn't really paying attention. But it's most I don't. It's basically just like they did the thing at the the rumble. They did the thing at Money in the Bank, and then it's just kind of snowballed. Like from it there. was one of those matches where the the highlight package they'll throw together for that match will look really good. Mm-hmm. Right, and then those. you remember the thing that Ricochet did in that feud of Velveteen Dream. Where Velveteen's like Anthony, you can do it better. And then he ran and flipped over the ropes and yes, landed on the and ramp. Landed he on the did ramp that, that looked again. awesome. He did that again. That did look cool. Yeah, he did that. Uh, he did that with Paul. Nice. So very happy with this show after the first match. Then we roll into, and I'm not going to talk about whatever, because full disclosure, we don't watch this live, and uh, we basically skip all the stuff in between matches, right? Because I don't need to see any of that. We got a. It's like a four hour show, so we kind of pare it down. So straight into the next match, we got Cody Rhodes taking on Brock Lesnar. Um, and so this was Brock, right, with a bunch of suplexes and F5s, both in the ring and on the floor, even through a table at one point. You got Cody with disaster kicks, Cody cutters, multiple crossroads. The turnbuckle gets removed. Do you remember if it was intentional? I think Cody I was think holding like, on yeah, to it and got something like that. Right. Uh, we get Kimura's by each man, right? Cody ends up applying one to Brock as well. And then, like, I, I like this match. I did. But my nitpick, remember, I talked about it in the moment, was how... Brock kept destroying Cody out on the floor and then would just go in the ring and wait for a count out. And yeah, to me, he that's did it like seven times. Brock Lesnar's not the guy that's going to just like A, try to win by a count out and B, like just. I feel like if he was, though, then he would just kill Cody. Like he wasn't. Right. He would just absolutely kill him, you know? Not just hit a move, go in and wait. Go hit he another one and go hit in Hit him and with wait. like five moves, throw him everywhere, and then leave him outside to rot. So that was a bit annoying. Um, I don't think that does anything for Lesnar. It's kind of out of character for him. I, I'm sure it helps Cody in his uh, resilient baby face role here. But uh, anyways, three crossroads. Two of them I didn't think looked great. And it's over after almost 18 minutes. And then a, according to Triple H, who knows if, if you believe it or not, they went off script here, right? And Brock got literally forehead to forehead with Cody, but then ended up shaking hands and raising Cody's hand. Oh, we didn't mention his ripped shorts either. That and he was did funny. rip his shorts and you did. <laughs> I saw someone harkens say, back to your favorite SpongeBob. Yeah. I saw someone saying he should just go back to the trunks now that his shorts disintegrated. <laughs> Exploded. <laughs> I thought this was a really good match as well. Another one of the top three on this card. Not quite an epic match though. Um, Brock did look dominant throwing Cody around. Cody looked resilient with sporadic flurries along the way. But the, and, and this is me, right? It's coming through my bias, my filter of Cody. I still feel like, if this makes sense, he emotes about 25% more than the situation calls for. And yeah. it, it annoys me, right? He's just a, I li- think at times, yeah. a little bit over the top, a little bit more than the situation requires. Just to um, really sell it. And it grates on me. But I enjoyed this match. I yeah, thought it was fair. good. And mm-hmm. do you think, what is the, the post-match stuff? I feel like it's indicating Brock's going to be gone for a while again. Maybe. That would, that would make sense. Because I don't know why else he's doing that. He went off script with that, too. Yeah, a- apparently. Right? So, I mean, I mean it's not, it doesn't H. really matter if he did or not. No. Because it, it's all the same. My best me. guess is he's gone yeah. for another stretch. Um, yeah, I thought it was solid. It's just I it was I wish there was some stipulation on it, not just Brock trying to get a can out. Because he's capable of having really good that matches part didn't still. didn't make Because like, he's had um, mat- really great matches against guys of sim- more similar stature to Cody. Like the Rollins... Yeah. Match from SummerSlam 2019 was really awesome. The AJ Styles match he had was awesome. The Balor match was awesome. Yep. Um, 
So, I don't know. I feel like they could have done something better with, like, all three of these matches. I feel like they followed more so the short Brock match style that he tends to do. It wasn't super. 18's a good chunk for Brock. Oh, this one was longer, yeah. But I feel like it could have been more actual good match wrestling and not count out stuff. Yeah. The Brian one was good, too. I forgot about that when he was new to Brian. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I feel like they could have done better with this. I thought it was still solid, but I, I quite liked think it. they could have done better with it. Yeah, I think in general, I think I like SummerSlam a bit more than you. But yeah. we'll see by the end. It's just really hard to get into the main roster style still, it even is. when it is good. It's, I do like when it's not bad. But but there, maybe the most exciting thing for people is there's a match on this show that I close to loathed, like really, really didn't like, and it bothered me in yeah. the moment and stuff. We'll get there. <laughs> uh, but the next match is the Slim Jim SummerSlam Battle Royal. That we've all been waiting for. So we were annoyed because JD McDonough was thrown out like a second, jobber. Literally second. And he just got tossed by Omos. It, it was him. Boogs was after him. Cruz was first. Right. Then McDonough. He threw Cruz and then he, he threw uh, McDonough on him. So just so Which Omos could look good. Yeah, it was like, very annoying. And it's just like, not, I hate that because A, JD McDonough is awesome. And I, we've always loved him. Jordan Devlin, McDonough, whatever. He's awesome. He is. Um, second, Omos sucks. He sucks correct. big balls. That, that is correct. Horrible. Uh, three. Every time in a battle royal, he throws out a bunch of people who don't deserve that, and they are always like, "Oh, how are they gonna get rid of him?" And how he he can't get eliminated. He's so big, and it happens every time. Yep. I can guarantee you that they did that in the Rumble this year with near certainty, and I don't even remember if that's true or not. <laughs> and I can almost, I would be willing to bet they did it in the last Rumble, too. Yeah, they, it's a trope. Like, sure. they probably did it in the SummerSlam Battle Royal or certain of the, the Survivor Series one. Actually, no, he won. No, he didn't win that. Did he win that? I don't know. Uh, yeah, he won that. Never mind. That was the one time where he didn't get eliminated, I guess. But they do that every time, and it's so dumb because, A, nobody cares. B, he gets thrown out anyways. He and does. they're always like, oh, my God, it takes this... It takes X amount of people. It just happens every time. Yeah, I thought Champa got a little bit of shine, which was nice. Like, he hit the Willow's Bell on uh, Nakamura and eliminated him, right? So that's good. He'll mm-hmm. be doing something at least. Then, as you said, everybody works together to eliminate Omos. I think Abel got a bit too, right? Yeah, Somewhere. he did. Um, so good for him. I like Abel. And then Miz and Waller just serendipitously kind of end up working together and kind of made yeah, a I've fun seen little... Like, it was a fun little connection, right? I've seen people talking about that, yeah. Because was, it was a rolling stunner, skull-crushing finale Which kind of works. Yeah. And then they are kind of like just took a shine to each other. Um, and then the final three ended up being LA Knight, AJ Styles, and Sheamus. And then, so you get Cross has already been eliminated, with but your he's... your favorite hairdo. Right. I thought he looked... I don't know. It looks strange to me. I think... I don't hate him with hair, because I think he looks better when then he was bald now. But I think when, when he came back, he had, like, the short, slick back hair, yeah. which, in hindsight, I think looks better, because I just assumed he had the same, but I think that looks better. I feel now. like he's in between. He's on his way to longer hair, and this is what he's got right now. I don't now. want him with longer hair. But, uh, so he... Bad. He ends up holding AJ's boot as AJ's on the apron. Sheamus then hits a brogue kick and eliminates AJ's style. So we're down to Sheamus and Knight. Knight, I guess he had botched it the night before, but he does the leap up to the top. It looked impressive here and superplexes Sheamus, remember? And then clotheslines him over the ropes. This was pretty quick, man, and maybe that's why I didn't dislike it. It was only I didn't hate it. It was fine. It was only twelve minutes, and it had decent star power. Actually, it wasn't <laughs> just like a bunch of jobbers in there and like yeah. a few. I said inoffensive and held my attention. Yeah, um, it wasn't too long. I it's good that LA Knight won, I guess, but just like you're gonna give him well, yeah, because you you're gonna it. give him this win instead of like something meaningful. Yeah, I, that's true. There is. Yeah, I, I think I nailed everything except 
um, the women's match. I didn't like the treatment of McDonough. Everything else was fine. Night no, that winning, really bothered me. Night think, winning makes total sense. It's I just think there too, was another elimination that bothered me too. It might have been Gable, but I don't remember. It is too bad it was not for anything really, right? Yeah. But um, and battle royals, listen, they can be cluttered, boring messes. This one wasn't. It so was solid. That yeah, was something. It also bothered me that Theory was in here because, like, why wouldn't? You have him defend the U.S. title on Get him the a payday, show brother. against Escobar because that would be pretty good instead of what they did tonight with the U.S. title, which I will get to because it was horrendous. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. I don't know. So you'll be educating me. Yeah. Uh, then we get your favorite match of the year, I think. MMA rules. I Shane... mean, I got the desired winner, so it might be my favorite. Shayna Baszler versus Ronda Rousey. The only way to win this is by knockout or submission. No pinfalls or rope breaks. Um so it's kind of weird because it's MMA rules, but it's kind of not MMA rules all at the same time. And I don't think the general public know what the rules were or maybe the people in attendance. Anyways, there's takedowns and leg kicks early. I actually thought Shayna's kicks to Rousey's leg looked good early. Yeah, Shayna kicks good. Um, and then somewhere in the middle, Baszler's arm is hurt and medical personnel are checking on her. I did think there's a couple highlights. Baszler landed a really nice kick to the head. And, and Rousey hit the knee. That step-up knee looked awesome, I thought. Uh, that's uh, one of Baszler's moves in 2K that I use, actually. And the rest of it was kind of forgettable. I don't think it was terrible. And then you got a... Oh, wait, no, it's like a step-up form. Sorry, my bad. It's okay. Kirafuda clutch and Baszler uh, has Rousey pass out, right? Which is Woo! a technical submission after 7 minutes and 30 seconds. So Baszler picks up the win. Baszler I did, won something. She did. Yeah. Just too bad. I don't know what, how much this matters either. The crowd was not into this. Neither was I. I don't think anyone wanted to cheer for Rousley, right? They don't. Wrestling fans don't generally pay which to watch. Which sucks because then. Non-wrestling either. Yeah, which it sucks because then people start cheering Baszler. And I love Baszler. I don't want her to get cheered. Because she's not supposed to be no. right now. And I like her as a bully. Yeah. I, I was hoping that she would get more from Rousey on Ronda's way out the door, but it doesn't feel to me that this does much for Shayna, and I like Shayna too. Yeah. I thought this was one of the low points of the show. Unfortunately, uh, the women's division did not have a great night, I did not think, no, they on did not. This was one of the low points for sure. I didn't, I did not love it. No. Um, it was about as good as I would have expected, I guess, because I wasn't really And they kept much. it short. And it, yeah, and they kept it short enough, which makes it somewhat inoffensive, but it was also pretty not good. Yep. We then go into the Intercontinental Championship match, and that is Gunther. At least one mid-card title got on here. With a really long run right now, defending against Drew McIntyre, kind of returning. It's funny. I was just watching. Um, so, Coltalk, uh, one of the channels I watched, they got like a lot of the like those kind of doc mini documentary series where they yeah. got they got one for like true story of blank. Yeah. Uh, there's rise and fall ones, and then there's war stories, which is most of Monday Night Wars, but one of them is Wednesday Night Wars. Yeah. Anywho, I was I started watching the um, they've got behind the match because I've gone through all the other ones. Yeah. Of uh, the various series, and so anyways, I was watching one on my break. It was about the WrestleMania Four tournament. Yeah. And um, he was just talking about like how honky tonk man like, because obviously they're talking about like the build up to that, and it was honky tonk related, and how he had like uh his brains unchallenged, and it's not something that they'll likely ever reach again yeah and here we are here we are i think he might do it yeah because i think that video was like a couple years old or something so as you would expect tons of chops throughout this drew gets suplexed on the steps at one point 
Drew no sells a German suplex, fires up for a stiff clothesline. I always liked. You remember? I think he did an NXT a couple times. I think he did it once to Rude and Roddy. He did like uh, Drew would. He did it to like he would do the Rude. sidewalk slam. Wow. Forgot about him. He would do the sidewalk slam on the stairs. Yeah, I did like that. That was really cool. Yep. Um, Drew with two impressive belly to belly overheads. We get a power bomb, future shock combination for a near fall. Um, then we get Gunther with a power bomb splash combination for two. Gunther kicks out of a Claymore, which was impressive. They both get up top. Uh, Drew gets pushed off and crotched. We get a top rope splash and another power bomb, and Gunther retains after almost 14 minutes. Um, good, but not great, right? Felt like there was like five to eight minutes of this missing somewhere. Yeah. I was really... kind of like the Riddle one. It was like it felt like a little short. Of yes, I thought what this was better been. than that, but similar oh yeah, no yeah. yeah, I think the Riddle one felt shorter but no riddle literally no, maybe but no gunther match is going to be bad right no. but this like i would really thought this had the chance to just be kind of like seamus gunther was right yes. that's kind of where i was hoping it but didn't nowhere near that, that level no but i didn't I think, think it was it, bad i think it was good but um i think it suffers from missed potential yes i agree so. um but yeah so i thought it was solid but uh could have been they could have done better with that. yeah i thought it was sure. a good match it, it wasn't in my top three but i thought it was a, a solid match for yeah. sure then we get what I think was my match of the night, probably. That was World Heavyweight Championship match with Seth Rollins. I think so. I defending was, against Finn Balor. I really like this. I half pay attention to a lot of things, so I forget. Um, yeah, Balor, who has the, painted seven years on his shoulder, right? It's kind of funny that they're going like seven years in the making when they've wrestled which like 19 they've times. Wrestled, a, they wrestled last month on Money in the Bank. Uh, B, they wrestled the month before that in the World Heavyweight Title Tournament. Um, they wrestled last year when Balor was U.S. champion for a bit. Do you remember that? No, you don't. They've been teamed up um, for some, some too, I think I saw. They've teamed up for some things. They had the triple threat at Mania 34 when Rollins was Intercontinental champion. They had a match or two because I remember they had, like, right. Balor countered the, the Falcon Arrow thing with a small package, which he might have done here, too. Um, and then they they teamed when Balor came back from said injury right um post mania 33 and then obviously the summer so match. seven years in they've, the making they've faced off a bunch of times and then rollins also had the SummerSlam 16 tron vest yeah he did that was uh, cool that, that was really cool i thought because he does a lot of troll jobs and yeah I, I like that it works even when he's a face because he and did that, that when he was healed that injury and that move that caused that injury was in in this match as well mm -hmm. right like and, we had buckle bombs and any and, and uh, in barricade. the money in the bank match yeah i think and it was definitely in the tournament match they had. So this is not like I wish they kind of had saved the callbacks for this match because it would have been more interesting. Cause yeah. It's like I already saw Balor do this to him on Raw whenever that tournament. I was, did like know? that Balor was relentlessly attacking Seth's shoulder, right? Yeah. So he's going cool. after Seth's shoulder. I noticed here. Rollins' gear had like the lines with the circles on it too, so it looked like the gear was the gear definitely was like kind of some sort of summer thing. I feel like because I don't think it was a direct reference to anything. Because you know he's done like Deadpool or Thanos yeah. or whatever. Uh, obviously the Thanos one is awesome, but obviously whatever. Anyways, I noticed there's like the lines with like the circles, kind of like the Tron vest. Like it looked like it was kind of reminiscent of that, which yeah. is interesting. But yeah, yeah. Um, Balor's mouth gets busted open at some point, and then I feel like that's happening before. When did that? I think it, it might have been the O'Reilly match. I want to say could be. Or was it which was it the first O'Reilly match or the second one? Because didn't his jaw get like yes stapled or whatever? Yes. It, that's what it was. That's yes. what I'm thinking of. He, yeah, he had his jaw wired shut at some point. That's what, yeah, that's what yeah. it was. And then O'Reilly got like kicked in the gut. So we do get buckle bombs. We get a frog splash from Rollins for two. 
Damien Priest shows up, and I thought this kind of kicked in the crowd's energy a little bit even more, not that they weren't into it already. And then you had Rollins kick out of a pedigree. There were some nice near falls here. Um, and then Priest kind of calls for Dominic and Rhea to come running out, and they do. Balor ends up arguing with Priest because he wanted Balor to use the briefcase as a weapon. Rollins takes advantage. And Balor's of... like taking it as a cash in or something. Or yeah. Like, I don't know, something like that. And Rollins takes advantage, hits a stomp for a near fall. Uh, Rollins jumps onto Priest on the floor, kicks Dominic before stomping him on, out on the floor as well. Back in the ring, Balor hits a sling blade and his shotgun dropkick into the turnbuckle in the corner. And he hits the coup de grace for a pretty believable near fall there. That was, I thought, really well done. Yeah, because you're dummy who picked Balor. I did. Priest puts his money in the bank briefcase into the ring, distracts the referee, and Rollins just kind of pops up, hits his stomp on Balor onto the briefcase. Seth Rollins retained after almost 19 minutes, and I thought this was really good. And like I said, my match of the night... Um, the seven years in the waiting, in the making thing is a bit of a stretch, but I like... Yeah, I wish they hadn't like done it so many times before, so that maybe that would have meant something. Right. But obviously, that, that's not their fault for not like you know planning. It's just I wish either that it could have been a big deal or that they didn't make it such a big deal because obviously, you know, like years ago, they wouldn't be planning for this, right? Yes. So I wish they wouldn't like put so much emphasis on it when... It didn't it's help. Like, you know what I mean? But what did help was that this was one of the few matches on the show where I wasn't sure who was going to win, right? So I was kind of... Oh, I, I was sure. I got into more of the near falls. I thought that was really good. The involvement of Priest and the dynamic that he brought, like, is he going to help Finn? Is he just going to do nothing and wait and cash in on whoever it is? Is he going to get involved and cause more damage? Like, he added a dynamic, I think, that was helpful as well. Um I think it was my favorite match between these two. Hard to say, though, but I thought a really strong match. My favorite match on the show. Yeah, I don't really remember any other matches between them, so I guess I'll agree with that statement. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember anything significant about the other one, so I, I guess that tracks. I thought it was really good. Um, yeah, I thought it was really strong. Again, for a main roster match, I have to qualify this preface yeah. that because it's just i don't know it's it's a different thing so but yeah i thought it was really good some of the near falls were good but i'm smart so i knew who was winning anyways right um of course you spoilers would. aside i just knew because I'm, I'm better because you. you just like seth rollins no i just valor wasn't getting it bro um but yeah i thought the stomp on the briefcase was cool uh dom sold the stomp pretty solid yep um i like rollins gear it was cool uh balor's pants look better than usual with the white on the end that was nice um you should still go back to the trunks, though. Um, sure. Just, just saying. I don't looks, notice. I don't even I'm gonna, have a clue who I or still what. stand by that because, you know, most of the time that's one of the things you just forget about, but I'm going to stand by that. I will he forget. He still looks better with the trunks. Um, but, yeah, this was good. Um, it was probably the best one. I think so. Sure. I don't know. It's hard to think. It, Immediately it was, followed by the worst one. It was a little while ago and also main roster. Then we move into... A match that Jack and I have not audibly complained during a match this much in quite a long time. I yeah, I was like, I think I was actively just trying not to pay attention. This was the women's championship. Asuka, Charlotte Flair, Bianca Belair with Asuka defending. I, I think all three of these women are excellent professional wrestlers. I am sports entertainers. a fan of two of them. But this match was rough, it man. It sucked. I, I don't... The first few minutes felt really rehearsed and like they were almost going through the motions and the crowd was dead. Uh, not done The crowd any, was so dead. Probably not done any favors by following one of the better matches on the card for sure. But like 
this i don't know it felt like uninspired rehearsed yeah uh, inorganic like i was very aware that this was people pretending to have a fight rather than just forgetting that and enjoying it i don't know what was going on that's how i feel about that one scene from last jedi you know where kylo and ray are fighting the praetorian guards yeah like i don't that one feels super contrived to me to like there's going from like thing to thing you know what i mean it's exactly like this because like there's like the anakin obi-wan duel in revenge of the sith obviously that's heavily choreo but that doesn't feel like contrived and staged to me because it's a the story's better b it's just like the choreo's insane in that right yeah. but but the, the this reminds me they're like the way you're talking about at least reminds me of that last jedi because it's so contrived and it feels staged and it kind of takes me out of it, it just felt it's like one of the things i don't like about the like sequels obviously. paint by numbers like yeah. we do this and then we do this obviously. and then we do this exactly yeah. and then there's also like remember there was the weak tumbling attack from from flare into the corner that looked really bad yeah it was was literally like something dana brooke would do it was multiple times where people are wriggling into position on the mat for like a double double move yeah Yeah. to take something uh lots of communication going on between people was evident um remember there was like a wardrobe malfunction and so bel-air oh yeah it it was was flair so, right um belair and asuka had to stay like stacked up in the corner and wait oh, yeah. and do nothing that and belair so sort dumb. of walked into that too Remember? yeah because she got put down whatever the move it was, was like a, she just i want to say it was the follow a slam or something she just stood up and walked to the corner right there it's was like yeah she got like she didn't even get put there there was um a double natural selection that i didn't think looked very good the dumbest thing and i don't really know the order of this so i'm just gonna mention but the dumbest thing was i because I was saying, because you said something about the a bad double move being Natty's double sharpshooter. Yes. And I was like, she better not do a double she figure. Did. And then she attempted that. Yeah. The first she tried to do it with, like, they're beside each other. And Belair's leg just bends the wrong way. Not to, like, an injury kind of thing, but just, like, why would you think that would work? And then I don't know if she tried it again, but it was just a horrible idea. And then Belair's selling an injured knee, right? And she gets shoved off and hits the steps that actually looked pretty good. The camera angle didn't perfectly catch it. To the point where she's kind of being helped to the back, right? So it looks like, oh, no, she's out. I wonder what could possibly happen. Um, so, yeah, Flair then whiffs on the natural selection here. Asuka gets a doesn't get all of it from commentary on a DDT. And this is where you and I are, again, looking at each other like, what is going on it's here? So I don't like, understand. It's so, like, staged but also messy at times. Like. Yeah. It, that That's funny you say that because in one of my things I said it... it I'll, we'll get there, but that's basically what I say. That combination is hard to do, and they did it here, right? <laughs> uh, the crowd starts to get into it because Belair is coming back from the injury, and she actually hits a couple nice spots here at the end, right? She hits a 450 onto Flair, who has Asuka in the figure eight. That, that cool. was cool, yeah. The only, again, I'm going to nitpick, it still looked awesome, is that Charlotte Flair is watching her the whole time, like climb up and set up for yeah. it and, and holds. But yeah. And then... Um, you have Flair applying the figure eight to Bel Air a little bit after that, and then Osaka comes back right to blow to spray mist into Flair's I like face. That, that I looked thought good. that was cool. And again, like, Flair she's... watches it coming, but it happened a bit quicker. So yeah, I thought that was cool because it's a it's a cool way to do that. So Bel Air grabs Osaka, hooks her for the pinfall I off of the. I thought that mist. was really dumb because it looks like a bad pin. Because she's bear in mind, she's still trapped. Her legs are still trapped with Flair. Yeah. So she's not really like pu- able to put her all into the the pin so yeah. it just makes oscar look kind of dumb yes it was sorry yawning 21 minutes um best part one of the highlights of the show for me and a lot of people i think eo shirai does come out 
and just quickly hits Belair a few times with the case, right? I liked how cleanly she did it. There was no hemming and hawing. I'm going to attack you with the case, cash it in, moonsault, it's over. Um, she pins Bianca, and EO Sky is the new champion. Damage control show up to celebrate with her. That was cool. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, good for EO. A couple cool spots to finish the match and a cool aftermath, but man, this. <laughs> Money in the main cash is the best part of this whole ordeal. So there's my, what you said before. Somehow this felt paint by numbers and rehearsed, yet sloppy all at the same time. Right? So something, they rehearsed the whole thing and then some parts they messed up. Just something really off. Again, keenly aware that this was three people pretending yeah. to fight. Slow, uh, low impact. Final few minutes were better with some nice near falls, but just incredibly disappointing. And I honestly was annoyed by this. I just didn't mm -hmm. like it at all. Um, I have listened to other podcasts and there were a couple that feel pretty strongly in the same direction as us, which yeah. is nice to see. But some people thought this was good. Um, uh, I, it makes I my, completely disagree. It's on my list of things to revisit when we're doing end of the year, like worse stuff. Uh, front runner based on who's involved and the fact that this is SummerSlam and this is one of the big pay Yeah, it's right? almost, it's arguably like, unless it's something really bad with random people, but it's pretty bad if it's these three i just don't understand i, I would care. love to have been a fly on the wall when they go backstage through gorilla and like when they talk to each other after they had to know i think they i feel like they're experienced and they're good and they've had good matches they know that this was a dud. i think this retroactively hurts my opinion on tyson kidd because he he did this match so uh, i think you have to start considering him as a lesser I wrestler i feel now. like it without obviously knowing i know i'm a, just a podcaster speculating Feels like they overplanned for the first like I don't know five to mm -hmm. eight minutes. Felt like it was just autopilot <laughs> to me. I did not enjoy it. If you can't Indeed. tell, uh, okay. So final match, main event. Oh yeah, tribal combat for the undisputed WWE Universal okay, so Championship. Before we talk about anything, Roman Reigns. I see Jay people so. talk about it, or I saw someone, some guy post about it. And it's tribal combat. It's no disqualifications. Anything goes, but no one can interfere. So just do it that way. You will. That's the actual rules. Mm -hmm. so it's just like <laughs> so it's like honor system hey hey you it's shouldn't like, interfere we won't well, disqualify you if you do but please don't well it's stop or we'll say it's stop probably again. like some you know like tribal thing like it'll be like some they'll get reprimanded oh, by yeah. the but the elders the elders yeah which i don't right. think it's gonna don't happen. want that I, I don't think that's gonna happen anyways but yes yeah, so again i did not take notes on this this was oh my god this was slow this was slow, man. and It was slower than Roman Reigns usually So is. the way that Balor and Rollins was helped by me not knowing who was going to win, I thought there was like almost zero chance it wasn't Roman. Mm -hmm. So this... And that's not always a problem because we no. say that on AEW, that's not always a problem, right? And I don't think it's a problem because I think we always knew Roman was going to win the first two times these guys. Right. But those matches were a lot better. And when and you're... I, count... Especially Hell in a Cell one, I remember liking Yeah, it's a lot. not like when he faced Cody. It's not like when he faced Sammy. Yeah, there's a different feel here. I mean, I never thought Sammy was gonna win, but that was still great. I was think I was. I like, definitely thought Cody was gonna I win. I think with Sammy, I was like, maybe you know, there's a twenty-five or thirty yeah. percent chance. I thought everyone here was, was like getting zero. a little too hyped on it, and like I was like, yeah, Sammy's doing stuff, but they're not gonna go that far. But uh, it was still awesome. Obviously, this was not different. different. So I don't know if you remember. Was there any major spots? I know so Solo Sokoa gets involved, spinning Solo through a table. Uh, oh, right, right, or. Not precariously, but like 
um, suspiciously placed in the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, with like a cable on it, <laughs> like like a full on table with. There nothing. was a table at ringside. Yeah. and I don't remember how that factored in. Um, and then remember. the big he, Jay put solo through the announce table. Um, there's a table in the corner, but that's for the finish. Talk about the finish if you want, um, whenever you want to get there. So I don't remember. Jay did something to Roman. Cool. Probably a splash. Yeah. Maybe a super kick. I don't know. But point is, he's pinning Roman. Uh, Jimmy pulls him out. It was a splash, I think. Um, and actually, sorry, someone Somebody in a hood in a and a bandana right. pulls Jay out of the ring. Mystery. And then he takes his hood off. So it's someone who's probably Samoan in a black bandana with braids in their hair. So that you're following the story so far. And it's Jimmy Uso. I know I didn't expect that either. So he um, robs his brother. He of. kicks him in the face, and then Roman spears him through a table in the corner, which looked kind of right. cool. And it was over. Um, and that was it. 36 minutes? That's ridiculous. With that's bordering... Approximately 12 of it being people walking around. That's bordering... Um, crowd brawl as well it's boring on almost as long as osprey omega 2 and that's like a hundred times better and i'm half exaggerating a hundred times better is probably correct yeah. I, I don't know I, I an absolute slog was my first note here rain style can be hit and miss right if if the storyline's good and the drama's actually there this can work but this was not the case this was a huge miss uh, again i didn't think there's any chance of a title change there's just no drama really slow pace the sheer length of pushing 40 minutes you get a main event that i did not enjoy i felt like i was just trying to survive it right and get to the end of it yeah and just okay we get it roman wins on the surface the finish is really confusing but i think they're i think that's something salvageable depending the finish i think will like just musical chairs though a little yeah the the finish though i think it is kind of weird and at first i was kind of annoyed with it but it's one of those things where I think it will either retroactively be worsened or helped depending on what happens next. Yeah. Because they can totally make that a great thing. And I'm based on the clips I I've I'm, seen, I think that is what they're doing. I'm experiencing some bloodline fatigue. I'm not However, I still think the match sucked. It was not good. Um, and that sucks because, the like I said, the first two matches between these guys are pretty good. Yeah. Um, considering the Roman style and considering the sports entertainment style. Um, but this is not that. And they use the same formula they've been using for months, but just, just they 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 no execution. Got too ambitious with it. Like it was working. The Roman formula worked well enough for the matches, so they got a little too ambitious yep. and went thirty six minutes. It was too much. Like yeah, it was definitely too much. Uh, overall thoughts on the show? I was cruising through it, um, partly thanks to fast forwarding stuff between matches, but really enjoying myself. I could even have forgiven the Baszler Rousey match. Um, and Drew and Gunther kind of under-delivering, but still being good. But then the final two matches hit, and it just like came to a screeching halt for me. But I thought both of them were rough for different reasons. Um, one, well, the women's match I talked about, and the and the the main event just being too slow and not dramatic enough. But I thought we got three really good matches. Mm-hmm. One good match, a passable battle royal, kind of a weak MMA, and two bad championship matches to end. So. Early on, I was like, man, this show's going to be a high B or a low A, but um, I'm going to give it a B. I'm going to let it have a B still because I did enjoy the first, whatever, two-thirds of this show. And then mm-hmm. when it's really supposed to deliver, and that's usually the thing, like the the big matches are pretty good usually. And the Jay Roman thing is just went such off a, a huge deal, yeah. right? And the women's match was just garbage. So I, I still let it have a B because I did like some stuff, but man, were those last two matches rough. You? 
Um, let me think. Okay, so Paul Ricochet. Uh, really good. Really good. Um, what was next? Uh, um, Cody, Cody and Lesnar. I thought that was good, good enough. Enjoying the show at this uh, point. Battle Royal. Fine. Um, as good as it was gonna yeah, be. Yeah, no problem. Um, MMA thing, fine ish. Yeah, like um, whatever. It was. I didn't love it, but it was seven minutes, so the show's rolling. Uh, Rick, or sorry, Gunther no. Drew. Gunther Drew, good but underwhelming. Yep. Uh, Balor Rollins. Good. Uh, stellar. Very good. Uh, women's match. Brutal. Garbage. That makes me want to punch myself. And Main event. Go through a closet Boring. door. Main event, far too long, and makes, makes me want to watch Osprey and a back-to-back, which would be twice as long as this, but also twice as better. Eat um, more than twice. Okay, three times. Uh, but, yeah, so I think it was, like, a pretty good show, especially for one of their big four, but then it just, like, it's one of those things that just got ruined by, you know, the the shows where it's, like, really bad, but it kind of gets helped by a really good match. This right. was the opposite of that. And the last thing you remember is two matches I really didn't enjoy. Right. And, and just wanted to be done. Especially with how long the main event was and the, the women's beginning so That had to be, like, an hour of the show, yeah. probably. Yep. That just sucked. Yeah, it was 36 and 21, right? So, so I think that's, that's what like, it was. Just an under an hour yep. of suck. So I, I since I, I think you were definitely a little higher. I'll go B minus to you kinda might. Yeah. I like the that couple seems things like a bit the general trend of our opinions. So yep. yeah. And I think I got everything except for one. So I guess that's You me. win again. Um I'm just I'm so close to sweeping one of these big fours. I took Balor and you did not. And then we both got the women's wrong because yeah. Belair's the one we didn't pick. Right. Uh, so yeah, and then I guess Survivor Series. I just gotta try to sweep it because Mania is still gonna anger me because that's two nights and I got and it was one the one wrong. you were most sure of too. That was just depressing. But that's gonna wrap up our SummerSlam review, and now we'll move into some of the weekly programming we like to talk about. The one we do most in depth is what we'll talk about first, and that is this week's episode of AEW Dynamite. All right, sir. You're upset about some news you just got. That was horrible. But talk so they about... announced on Rampage next week uh, for Fight for the Fallen. It's we'll get Jeff Jarrett versus Jeff Hardy in a video game sponsored death match. <laughs> video game sponsored death match. It says death match, but I highly doubt it will be such, unless one of them it dies. It puts everything in one match. So it's easy that, to that's avoid. not the way to look at this. This is just horrible. It's just I don't want to see them wrestling each other because neither of them are that good at it now, at especially least, Jeff Hardy. That means no one else has to wrestle them. That's just... Silver linings. You know? Utterly disgusting. Yeah. That's just... Like, uh, credit what credit is due for AEW, like, and we love them and whatever, but this is just... Not great. I legitimately don't want to see that. Put RVD in for a triple threat. <sighs> Gross. Just put Matt Hardy. Just We should do a tag death match. We'll have Hardy boys versus... Jeff Jarrett and Satnam Singh. Perfect. That's just awesome. Uh, anyways, uh, welcome to Tunnelless Dynamite. It's a grim, dark world. No tunnels. In. How will we who know who's the face and I, who's the heel? I don't know. I'll never know. It's madness. N- last week brought me clarity, and now I just I don't know. I just I don't know anymore. But anyways. Anyways, um, th- how you always want to start off your week? Jass in the it ring. Is Jass going to speak words in the ring? Yes. Which not ideal, on paper. Right. We'll, we'll see, see. with this. Um, so Jericho spoke out about how he was their friend, and we know they had a problem. But and then uh, Garcia asked him to stop talking. Uh, Garcia mentioned Jericho hitting him with the baseball bat this week and pinning him. Well, it was callous, but sure. 
Uh, Garcia said he chose Jericho every single time over his heroes and friends, which is true. Good callback um, yep. to the weird Dana Bryan thing uh, where he turned on him in and shitted. Toronto. Yeah. Uh, I was there. Uh, Garcia said because Jericho isn't choosing him, he can't do this anymore. He did his dance in Jericho's face and then left, yeah. which is pretty funny. Uh, Hager said that he liked that hat. Uh, he said something else about ride or die or whatever. I don't care. Uh, and he said he wants everybody to know that he doesn't appreciate Jericho. Then he left. Uh, Jericho said he their careers are better since they associated with him, which I would arguably um, or I would very vehemently disagree with when it comes to our next one, uh, Ty Conti. Um, and he says they're proud of that fact. But then the uh, TJ spoke up. Um, Conti said she feels sick and she's not even talking about the baby. I Before she said that, I said the baby. But you then did. she she. She was ready for me, I guess. Yep. Um, it's like uh, Dax Harwood with MJF. She just knows what I'm saying, but she hasn't seen it yet. You know, right. that kind of thing. Um, she said um, she'll have this baby come back next year and be a champion without Jericho because she quits, which is good because she was on a roll before this. Yep. So, uh, Anna J said tonight is about winning the AW Women's World Championship. No, and it's not about appreciating Jericho. Um, well, I mean, she is a legitimate contender. Well, apparently this is, has to be like her tenth shot. Is she ranked number five and again or something? Like I mentioned, the rankings later actually oh, in that match actually I think that we need rankings. That we've come a long say it now that we've come a long way from the company that had rankings to Anna J getting another title shot. for no re- apparent reason. Yeah, I almost I don't know. I kind of wish we had the rankings or like I wish the rankings were maybe not taken so like this and that but like maybe that it's like a a glimpse in like the pool of contenders at the moment you know what i mean like i don't know yep. there is some purpose to the rankings because anna j getting consistent title shots is or somewhat consistent like it's ridiculous so it th- i feel like there was some purpose to the rankings w- say what you want about hello jim is it where i did kind of like having them around i didn't hate them but they definitely weren't executed Super no. well. Number five joke was fun though. It was. Um, Anna J. Uh, I already did that. Never mind. I don't want to say that again. Uh, next we went to Angelo Parker, who, who said he loved being a sports entertainer. And he spoke about his hair, how he was having a good hair day. He said he's done everything he could to make Jericho proud of him, and he's given him everything. He bled out in a cage. Oh, I forgot. Remember him? True. They were just like bloody. He said he's given Jericho everything he can, but what has Jericho given him? Nothing. He said he's got nothing left to give, and he left. Um, then Menard, uh, was next saying Jericho is a childhood hero. He said when he was 15 guys first paycheck, he spent his money on a Jericho shirt. Dummy. Yeah. Uh, Menard yeah. said uh, when his wife was eight months pregnant, he had no job, but Jericho heard his story and he helped Menard get into AEW. Um, Menard said the last 18 months have been nothing but a dream for him. And then he, um, he never understood why Kingston and Kevin Steen, uh, hate Jericho's guts, but now he's starting to understand why. And then he left. Uh, Guevara's last. He slept a microphone at Jericho's hand. He said he went from getting an AEW World Title match to fighting Jericho's battle with Sting and putting him through a table because Sammy was loyal to Chris. He said uh, deep down he always thought Jericho would help him. And he told Jericho he had a lot of stuff to work out, and if he does work it out, maybe he'll be here. Then he left as well, and Jericho's all alone. Yes. Um, I was really entertained by this, and I was like, oh, no, Jass starting out the show. I was... Uh, pleasantly surprised, but I haven't even been a fan of this angle particularly. No. But oh, I we know I haven't. I think one of the keys here, as I was thinking about it, is this segment took the spotlight off Jericho and put it on everybody else. And Ironic I like that choice for, uh, a Jericho lot. Appreciation, society. right? Um, I thought a lot of them knocked it out of the park. I thought 
Garcia, Parker, Sammy. I thought Parker was surprisingly. I like, thought Menard was fantastic. fantastic. I thought Parker was. Menard was the almost standout. in tears in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked uh, Parker's bit. And then yeah, so I really liked it. And I'm then I'm hoping that Callis is also going to reject Jericho or rescind his offer just that's to mess new, with that's, him. That's the new dream. Just to sort of just tear Jericho, Ka- kick him while Callis he's down. Callis is a douche. Right. Uh, so yeah, this uh, was good on paper. Yeah. As you said, I was kind of like ugh. Jazz starting out. That's why ring, I said that. I was hoping you would share my sentiment. Right? It was good. Uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty good in general. It wasn't like perfect, but I thought it was generally good. And for a jazz segment, this is as good as it's gotten pretty much. Um, Garcia was really short, but I thought I thought he sounded really good. He did. Um, I I liked his bit. Uh, and the dance was funny. Uh, we took a dip with Hager, Conte, and Anna J, but they were okay enough, I guess. I thought Hager was not great, but fine. Uh, and Anna J was short enough to not be bad. Conte's rough though. Uh, Conte was rough, but. I only like what she was saying because she talked about becoming a champion away from this, which is funny because that's what we've always been saying, right? Yep. Before she was tied to Guevara and then Jazz, she was she on a path. Could have been a champ. She was really like I thought she was really close to being like in the orbit of the TBS title before it was created. And I think like if once she comes back, we could just completely reinvent her again, like just throw her back to what she was before yep. all of this. I give her another solid babyface run, and we can get her back on the role she was at the end of twenty twenty one. Um, and she could get the TBS title. So I like that because it gives me hope that she could be something again because that's mm-hmm. what they need. I feel like she could be like kind of not like a pillar pillar, but like kind of that kind of idea where she's someone they've taken a chance yes. on. They could make her into something because even though she was in NXT, she never did anything. She breaks through with them. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I think they could do that. Um, but back to this, I thought Parker was surprisingly good. He, yeah, he really, really impressed me here. I thought he killed it. Um, what he said made sense. I really liked the conflict in him and his delivery. I like that he was still, like, he still, like, enjoyed doing this, and he still, you know, it's not like Garcia where he doesn't really want to be a yeah. sportsman. It's like he still likes doing this, yeah. and he's still that character, but he's still disillusioned with Jericho. So I really like what he was saying. I thought, like, just for some reason, he was really good. It was kind of like... Uh, and the rebar mitts with 2.0 Doc. were really good. Yeah, I thought Minaro was great too. And he was. I thought with the Parker thing, it kind of reminded me of like when we had the rebar mitzvah and Darby just really yeah. impressed me. It was kind of like in these segments, you get someone. Remember who just... how much you hated 2.0 back in the day they when can, I liked they them in NXT? In, in NXT though. Yeah. Oh, they suck for I a also like that Sammy was a maybe. That not everybody's walked I out. I like that. Um, that he's a maybe. Mara was really good as as well. I thought he was a little lower than Parker, but um, I thought he was really good too. I thought 2.0 uh, in general, they really killed it. Me too. I thought Guevara finished off nicely, although I was expecting him to be more upset. I kind of wish he was, but I kind of also liked how he wasn't like yeah. totally against him because he's been with them for a while right and in a couple different factions so is hager but i don't care about hager he was wearing um, his inner so circle was, yeah best, i thought that was even. cool um i think like this was surprisingly good not the strongest opening thing we've ever had but i thought it was really good considering what jazz usually gives us <laughs> and maybe subconsciously it's like that the, the jazz is it disintegrating so we're like, we're yeah, just like yeah this is good why is this so enjoyable <laughs> why am i what is what, what is it why, about this why am i smiling that i like here what, yeah. what, what's the smile yeah but uh it was uh really good yeah yep uh, next we got a quick Jericho interview. I think it was after commercial. I don't. I don't know. Um, but uh, Callis came in and said he apologizes if he had any part in what just happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jericho says uh, it happened and he's made up his mind. Uh, he has an answer, but he's gonna wait till next week. And I'm just like Jericho's now desperate, and Callis can kick him while he's down, and that's what I'm going for. Like, <laughs> nope, we don't want you yeah. in our group anymore. Nobody wants you in any group. That would be good TV. Go, go start another group. Yeah. No, no. Just take a break. <laughs> take some time off. Um, 
this is fine. It finally sets up the payoff we've been waiting for, but of course we have to wait another week, which is a little bothersome. Uh, Jericho kind of has to decline him, I think. Uh, whether Jazz rejoins him or not remains to be seen, and I don't care. Nope. Um, then we get a clip shown of FTR challenging Bucks to a rubber match at All In from Collision last week. Um, so that's great, but I wanted Aussie Open FTR, but I this is fine. I I love Aussie Open, good. but I disagree slightly just because if this is a the biggest wrestling show that they're billing it as, I think Box FTR is a, the smartest match you can book. Then I wish they would have had the foresight to have a story somewhere instead of like, hey, let's run it back and there's your story. I'm okay enough with that because that's all you really need. The match will probably make me not care because it'll be It's going to be awesome. awesome. The only issue I have with it is you should make it two or three falls. That just <laughs> seems to be the thing to do with FTR. Yeah. And it, I don't care if it's like the fourth time they've done it. It it seems to work. Cause it does. DIY, Briscoe's, Bullet Club Gold, that's three bangers right there. It's their signature so, match. Yeah. Um, and hopefully Aussie Open, like, F- Aussie Open FTR is definitely a go-to match for me. I just think um for all in i think this is a smart decision to go to because you need to go big yeah um i wish they had done that for the women's division but again with the women's division i don't know how much they could do um anyways i think i'm just avoiding it but uh, it's uh bucks hardies so it's funny because bucks came out first i think right yeah and i had forgotten who their opponent was and i was <laughs> like oh okay cool at least the opening matches the bucks and then the music hit and the disappointment <laughs> set in <laughs> But, um, but anyways, again, on paper, so we'll see. Yeah, the one thing I noted was Jeff's not even wearing face paint, proving to me they truly have no purpose here. No. Uh, I didn't note it, but the other thing that I wish I noted is uh, poor Ethan Page. Yes. Makes me sad. It's so depressing. Uh, anyways, um, Hardy said Tandem go buster to uh, Matt Jackson. Uh, they dropped him on to Nick. Uh, Matt Hardy did the turnbuckle delete thing to Matt Jackson. Uh, Nick blocks a poetry motion with the Dominic Gary, then Matt Jackson tags him in. Brando's from the apron to Jeff from Nick. Uh, then Slingshot X Factor in the ring to Matt Hardy before flipping back out to hit the moonsault to Jeff. You know, the, the typical thing he does. Right. They're baby faces now, so I expect to see Nick Jackson do his kicky hot tag flurry thing at some point. If I don't get that ever again, I'm going to be sad. Saving it for all in. Uh, he better, because if I never see that again, I'm going to cry myself to sleep. Uh, Jeff Hardy, and I do the, use this in air quotes, hot tag flurry because it's jeff hardy in 2023 it is um remember that next week when we're watching jeff hardy and he'll be the young one in the oh, match that's sad significantly that makes me more disgusted significantly you're such an ageist that makes me uh well, nero is my age nero's your age and jared's older than you probably it, it, oh yeah i i I'm gonna, I'm billing that match as the two worst Jeffs I know. We looked it up. I know Jeff Jarrett's in his fifties. I'm almost yeah. Positive. Jeff's we like bordering on that, right? Not quite, but he's like getting there. Fifty six. Oh God. Jeffrey Jarrett. Jesus. All right. Um. There's an iffy whisper in the wind of both bucks. Uh. Jeff pins Nick for two. Nick avoids a twist of fate. Super kicks Jeff. Matt Hardy goes for one as well. Matt Jackson super kicks him. Bucks hit, and I quote, "Almost a shatter machine." <laughs> I have that two. quote as well. Uh, Almost a, a shatter. 3D. Um, I don't know why they couldn't. You can. It was Excalibur. Something. I know that's the crazy. weirdest part. You crazy, can, like Flapjack Cutter or something. He's the guy. I like 3D, 1D, was something weird. else. Deadly Death Drop, something. Um, there's Stereo Twist of Fates. Uh, then a Swanton to Nick for two. Matt Jackson broke the pin. Twist of Fates under to Nick. Then Matt spikes him with Twist of Fate. He's he oversold that, but like 
Where I mean, like he shouldn't have sold that good because who cares? But he made it look good. He did. Uh, Jeff goes for a whisper in the wind, but uh, Matt Jackson super kicks his legs up to knock him off. BT trigger to Jeff for the win. Uh, Nick shouts FTR. Then they come. Then he says all in. Then there's a standoff kind of thing. Yeah, there were a couple rough patches, but I thought it ended up being pretty good, actually. Uh, Hardys have clearly lost a step. Even commentary, like, spend a bit of time talking about yeah. how they've shifted their style, right? Because they, they can't do stuff. I don't know if they've shifted the styles. It's like, just they've, sh- I don't, they, it's not intentional. They've just shifted. But it's ended up, I thought, being kind of entertaining, especially when the Bucks were in control, obviously. Uh, the action, considering who was involved, was pretty steady. The length felt right, like 11 minutes. I thought it was a solid yeah, TV solid. tag match, which is probably more than I expected. So, And then the Bucks accept the challenge, right, which we expected. I thought it was perfectly fine, yeah, for a Hardys match. Yeah, it was. Uh, would I put them in the opener? No, never. But no. they did, so so it is what it is. Um, fine for them, but never something I need to see on Dynamite, let alone as an opener. Uh, Hardys look slow and are tired most of the time, and then once again just retrade their old tag offense at a slower speed, altered style, or whatever. Um, yeah, it was it was it was Hardy's <laughs> at like two thirds speed. Yeah, um, Bucks had some cool stuff though. Thankfully, they won this time. Um, FTR Bucks three should be epic. That's a perfect big match for the tag titles for a show like All In. I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, interesting thing to note is that once again, FTR have the belts. FTR have been champions going to every one of the matches because they have the AW titles for this one and the first match, obviously. Uh, which was the one with the infamous 450 splash finish that I love. Yep. That was, that's so awesome because that's, that's not a WWE thing cause it's a small part of their character that makes sense. Correct. Anyways, but then the second match on Diamond last year, I don't remember, was hot off of the first Briscoe match, I think. Uh, and FTR had the ROH and AAA tag titles, and it that's when Bucks were still healed. I don't think FTR loses this one. I don't know. I don't think so. Um, also the first match was heel FTR face Bucks and then they swapped that for the second match and now they're both faces. So fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we'll, pro- we'll obviously talk about it like in picks or whatever. Oh, we, we must do, I uh, don't know how we're going to do all in picks cause I'll miss the one where we would normally do it. So Just we might have to do in. incomplete picks or yeah, you can, maybe I'll write up picks maybe, but yeah, I, d- I would agree FTR are probably going to win cause I don't think the Bucks really need the titles right now. Yeah. I don't know. But they I, don't. I'd agree with that. And they seem to be on, like those titles are on collision, right? Because FTR's yep. a big deal over there. Yep. I still say we give the titles to Aussie Open, but just saying. Um, then uh, we get an announcement in air quote tournament to determine the AW Women's Championship match all in. I really wish they had done something bigger, but I don't know what they could have done given the, what they do with the division right now. Um, so, four way match for the title at all in, uh, which I guess ensures a star-studded affair, kind of. Uh, Tony Storm gets a bye as her title rematch. Uh, she defends against Anna Jay tonight, and obviously the winner will be in this match. Yeah. Uh, Bunny versus Baker on Dynamite next week, and Saray versus Sky Blue on Rampage tonight uh, for the other two spots. Um, so the first thing I thought was um, AEW slash Ring of Honor, they really need to stop using the word tournament so liberally. <laughs> this is hardly such. Um, it's very obviously also Sheeta Storm, Baker, Saraya. Seems be, like it. It'll be one of those four ways where... Um, It'll be like that four-way from Full Gear last year where it was um, half Blackpool, half Jazz. Yeah. Or, you know, something like that because we we'll have probably two outcasts in here, uh, which we'll all love because it's the outcasts. Uh, slight chance Sky Blue makes it, but I highly doubt it, especially because it's in uh, Saray's Neck of the Woods. 
Um, no biggest anything ever is going to have sky blue on it, though. So she's pre-show at most. Probably at this point. Even then, I don't know. Why you got to hate sky blue? Because she sucks. <laughs> the best thing she's done is uh, get with Fletcher. Yeah. Smart. Mm-hmm. You? This tournament? Whatever. I don't know. We'll see. It's already got half of the participants in it, right? So, <laughs> yeah. which is kind of strange. I assu- I hope she to Turny, baby. Retains, yeah. Kind of. She just gives it back to Storm. No, please no. <laughs> gives it to Soraya. We need to have that, like, Storm and Soraya need to implode or whatever so we can just end that. And somehow Soraya wins the title. No, she gets released. <laughs> Best of luck on your future endeavors. That's a little... Uh, that's all right. I, I don't generally hope people lose way. their jobs, so that's true. I shouldn't do that. But anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, we get a recap of MJF and Cole's segment from last week with the all-in title match announcement. Then we get another bro sesh, as I will label it. It was. Um, MJF guesses what they're doing is going to go skinny dipping with rats, and that's an interesting guess. Because they were in shorts. Oh. He said, oh, because we're in shorts. We're going skinny. I don't know where that. Still an interesting guess. I yeah. don't know where that would come from. Uh, Cole says it's something better, and they're going to trampoline park. Uh, Max is about to say WTF, but, of course, it cuts away because, haha, he almost said a bad word on TV. Crazy. Um, Cole jumps high on the trampoline like a kid, and he's like, isn't this awesome? Like a kid, like, in front of their parents or whatever. And MJF isn't enthused. They're like, watch how high I can jump. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cole's listing off all, all, all the things there, and MJF's interested when he says dodgeball and just complains about playing with kids instead of going out with chicks. And he says if Cole wants him to play, he'll play. And then we get like a bunch of shots of him obliterating kids in the face with dodgeballs. Um, he said things like... Like Billy Madison style, if you've yeah, ever seen yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we watched that because yeah. that was your fault. Yeah. Um, well, it's a great classic. And he's, MJF was saying things like, and I quote, bad news, I'm your dad, or you're adopted. <laughs> yep. And then he said it's all about the boom when he threw a one at a kid on their phone. Um, then Cole says he can't do that. And then a girl comes up to them and asks what two adults are doing in a trampoline park. And he ca- she calls them nerds. Uh, then Cole says she shouldn't talk like that. And she flips them off. And then Cole lets MJ throw the dodgeball at her. And that's how we end this. Yeah, I, this one was just okay for me. Uh, Cole was less believable here because he had to act like a little kid or whatever, right? It was It was fun, but it wasn't my favorite of the segments with these two guys together but it wasn't bad yeah to be. i thought this was better than the the restaurant one yeah that's probably true uh 100 dodgeballs all right yeah um but um i thought uh per the usual this was pretty solid um it was amusing i thought cole uh was solid uh mjf's part was the best though obviously um that was funny and then the ending was solid too um they served less of a purpose with these guys kind of being friends already but i still like to have them because they're, they're they're enjoyable um, then we got a recap of the triple threat match from last week in the parking lot fight from Rampage that we've watched for sure. <laughs> Plan um, on it. It's on the list to watch. Um, next we got Blackpool backstage promo right off of that. Uh, Mox sincerely hopes best friends learn their lessons and says they don't belong in a ring or a parking lot with them. He hopes Sue got their flowers. Uh, Mox says they, uh, don't just think they can win. They know they will. Mox mentions them in Drink Pack, and then Claudio asks how home is and says he couldn't just turn on them and think he could get away with it, and Yuta says he'll have to miss Wembley, which will suck for Pack. Mox says Death Triangle's real cool, and they don't fear death. Death fears them. I have no recollection of this, and I don't have it in my notes, and it doesn't even ring a bell with you recapping it there. Did this actually happen? Yeah. I do not have any thoughts on it because I don't remember it at all. The next thing I have is Jungle Boy and RVD. 
did I go cook food or go to the washroom? Not usually for dynamite, right? I don't think so. So I don't know. I have no opinion. Did we watch it he- here? Because we watched I down think here. I think so. This is probably the half where we watched it here. So I don't know what you would have been doing. Me either. But I don't but have any recollection of that. So I too. defer to your opinion, your educated um, opinion. I was solid promo from Black Bull as usual. Claudio solid mocks always delivers great. Um, wasn't much of consequence, but still good. Oh yeah, here it is. We head backstage with Blackwell just checking some online a review because I'm like, how? I don't like even if I don't have thoughts on a segment, I'll always just put like Blackpool talk or something. Right. But I've gotten. What <laughs> I've, are you doing? I don't know. I'm confused. I blacked out for a little while there, I guess. Yeah. I mean, cause, yeah, because you're a raging alcoholic and you just blacked out or something. That's weird. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. Anyways, I'm sure it was lovely. Uh, next we get speaking of lovely. Uh, Jack Perry versus Rob Van Dam, uh, which is FTW rules for the FTW championship, which is no DQ and false kind anywhere, which begs the question, why is this the first FTW rules match we're having? We've had like plenty of FTW title matches, right. like Jack Perry and Hulk never and uh, Hook. Why wasn't that FTW rules? Starks and Cage wasn't FTW rules. Starks versus Cole Carter wasn't FTW rules. Nope. Oh, you see, Cole Carter. Cole Carter's got a thing going right now where he thinks Maria Canellas has the hots for him. Nice. So I just randomly saw that on Instagram. I'm like, wow, he's still doing things. Okay. Um, Starks versus Danhausen, I think, was also not. Starks Hook, also not. Right. Um, so many have not been. Hook. This one Bill, is. And literally all of them haven't been, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah. Um, Jack got the jump on him before the bell, and he's got his his pants are like kind of Jericho tribute, uh, or no, sorry, Jerry Lynn, Jericho or Jerry Lynn, didn't one, notice. one of the two, because they they he had yellow on him, didn't notice, and colorblind, deficient, whatever, no, colorblind would mean you wouldn't see the color, you yes, see the color, damn it, you just don't see <laughs> you the bright sound color. Sound very pretentious when you say, actually, it's color deficient because people are just like what, so you just say colorblind. You can see so the colors. average. So the layperson is just like, dude, don't see colors good. That's all I need to communicate. You can see the colors, kinda. Uh, corner shoulder box to the gut, and then running heel kick in the corner from RVD. Uh, better than Anna J does it. How dare um, you? How dare you? <laughs> well, she didn't even hit it this week, so true. She hit uh, the ropes with it though. <laughs> um, there's a spinning leg drop from the apron from RVD with Jack over the barricade, which surprisingly looked, looked really good. good. That looked, looked great. Really good. It's probably the one thing RVD did that actually looked, looked like good. really good. Just the way he hit into the barricade yep. was really solid. Uh, the chair-assisted basement dropkick in the corner from RVD. A rolling thunder with a chair uh, for two. Uh, Jack goes to throw a chair at RVD, but hits the ref. And doesn't matter. It's no DQ. And it also landed on the top rope pretty perfectly, mm-hmm. which is funny. Um, RVD goes for the frog splash, but Jack crotches him on the top turnbuckle. Climbs up looking for something, but RVD shoves him off to the outside, uh, crashing through a table, which surprised me because I... Had no idea the table was there. Yeah, it was kind of sudden. It was probably a commercial break, so I was like, "Oh my god, he's taking like a straight back bump to that." No, it was there. The table. table there now. Yeah, uh, five star frog splash connects for a phantom three count. Aubrey runs down a count to three, um, but by the time she gets in, it's a two count. Jack gets RVD with a low blow, then shoves him in the chair in the corner, rolls them up with a fistful of tights to retain the title. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we said it with Jeff Hardy, right? Like. I had like, RVD played the his greatest hits here, just not at the normal pace, right? Like it was he's fifty two, so and arguably looked a little better than Jeffrey. So like, and I think you'll feel the same. Like super impressive for a fifty two year old. Yeah, but it's a fifty two. Anyways, 
He looked out of breath. Um, there was an awkward adjustment. Remember on the split-legged moonsault was kind of messed up. Yeah, he, he did didn't come off right away. Then, yeah. He kind of hesitated on top. I and feel then... like that's a fair adjustment. Though. Obviously, it but, doesn't look great, but like I'm willing to allow it con- instead sure. of like Jericho under rotating on a lion salt. Pretty impressive. Um, I just like RVD dominated right, and I don't know how that helped. It did not help Jack Perry. Jack Perry but all. I guess he's doing the cowardly heel that finds a way to Still, win and cheats. Though, but you could give him. Throw the he guy got, a bone. Yeah, he got beat up here pretty bad. Um, Throw the jungle boy a bone. And so even though they've both kind of over-delivered, I would just like to point out here that the first two matches this week have featured the Hardys and RVD. That doesn't... That's not what I want. Me. That's WCW vibes of like, let's just grab everybody that was in WWE for five minutes and put them on our... And have them go over our talent. Not yeah. That um, they did. Hopefully but. this is it for RVD. So I not a direction I want them to go. Really the crowd was kind of into this. The action was pretty good. So yeah. it wasn't awful. Uh, this was solid. I thought not yeah. great, but not bad either. Um, RVD was about as good as you could realistically expect. Um, I didn't really want to see him at WrestleMania. I didn't care. So it was about what I expect. Um, aside from the swing leg drop looking really good, it, it wasn't much of consequence. It was serviceable enough. A for no DQ TV match, but it looks rather tame compared to last week, which was far better. And the questionable finish, unfortunately, leaves a rematch. Uh, possibility mm-hmm. so that's not good uh lucha bros speak do you remember this one i do okay um this one existed they say they're gonna get revenge for what blackpool did to pack uh their blackpool coward club or something um penta says they'll show them why they're the best tag team in the universe yeah i thought penta was cool the other two don't do much for me like phoenix is incredible in the ring but character wise speaking wise there's not much there it's and alex as just, bad as john Morgan. alex more annoys me than anything at this point so he i thought was penta was cool. a lot better when it was like supposed to be kind of like or no it, it was a lot it wasn't supposed to be but it was just cooler when penta was heel and then he would go penta says that was kind of interesting but now like he's that. just doesn't then seem to then fit. he was a mortician for a bit right uh now he's just alex yeah yeah um next we get uh we get to hear from cole and mjf again um MJF talked to the crowd saying uh, his favorite place in the USA is the Midwest. Yep. Which he famously, I think, has yes. not been a fan before. Of. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was funny. He, he was just discrediting anything where he talks negatively about the Midwest. And uh, Cole says, you know, they'll wrestle for the AW world title at All In, which Cole's going to beat him for. Um, and then MJF takes this as him wanting a promo battle. He said, he's so pale white that if this was in the 1980s, Hogan would have snorted him. <laughs> Hogan would have snorted you. Um, yes. He uh, mocked Cole having a concussion, uh, which I forget what he was, but it was funny. And then he, he called him noodle arms. And Cole said he didn't want a promo battle. <laughs> that, was, that was really funny. Yeah, it was it like was so... MJF started his half of a promo battle and yeah, it was got like, no reply. It was like what he usually does, but um, in a joking way, which made it arguably funnier. Yep. <laughs> I just loved how random it was. He just started going on. Uh, he just started like going off on that, which was funny, and then Cole had to stop him. Um, but yeah, so Cole said he didn't want to promo battle. He's, he talked about making his hair all in. He said the fans loved them as a tag team, and they'd love to see them with tag team gold around their waist. So he mentioned the ROH tag titles. He said he owes his entire re- career to Ring of Honor. He said the pro wrestling that you know and love is thanks to ROH. Um, Cole mentioned all his titles in ROH. While well, saying so he never won the ROH tag titles, he also never held the six-man and pure titles. Which I don't know about the timeline, but just just to be I a, don't know if Pure was around then. No, it might have been Gama, but just to be a nuisance, I'm yeah. making that point. Um, Cole mentioned teams that held those titles like the Kings of Wrestling, Redragon, uh, Miss Redragon. 
uh, and of course the Briscoe brothers. Um, I think he said Jeff and Mar- the Jeff and Mark Briscoe. The brothers. Kingdom. No, just kidding. The Kingdom. Nope. Did they hold the tech titles? I don't know. Probably. I think it makes more sense for him not mention the Kingdom though, because isn't that the whole point? It makes sense always to not mention the Kingdom. <laughs> that should be like a, just a general rule. Rule, of thumb. rule number one: just don't mention. Just the don't kingdom. mention them There's because no... usually when you mention someone, they come out. So I listen to some other podcast that is equally ha- has against the, the kingdom, the irrational disdain for the kingdom. <laughs> it makes me laugh. Um, Cole said the AW has a zero hour pre-show at all in. Uh, I missed the buy-in. That was just a cooler name. Yes. Uh, I'd, Especially I'd when like gambling event. is their theme. Yeah. I would like it at least to keep, be kept for double or nothing, but just in general, I just like the name of the buy-in. Yep. It's like, I don't know. It's also like that's your chance to still like buy in for the paper. Yeah, I don't know. It makes just, a lot of sense. I just like the name buy in. Zero hours, just like that's fine for ROH, but just it feels bland to me. It's just it's a it's a barely it's barely a tier above a kickoff show. Kickoff. That's the pre show. That's yeah. I think WWE does that now. But they always used to do kickoff shows, yeah. um, which is like just that. This is barely better than that. But I miss the buy in. It was just such a cooler name. Um, and it was it felt unique to me. Anyways, um, he mentions the zero hour where uh, they should become our wish tag team champions. Um, MJF does not want to wrestle twice in the same night. Asim Cole is a sick pervert. Um, he said he normally turns to stab somebody with an iron if they want to him to wrestle even once or no or sort of more than once or whatever. Um, and sorry, I lost where where is okay. I got it. I'm back on track. There's sure? too many lines here. Um, Max asked the crowd if they want them to become the ROH World Tag Team Champions, and fans were cheering, and MJF said, as your scumbag, he says, they are challenging Aussie Open. Hey, mentioned him. Yep. Um, for the ROH Tag Titles All-In during the zero hour, not the buy-in pre-show. He says, because they're better than you, baby. Uh, Roderick Strong came in, shouting Adam repeatedly. Uh, Strong can't believe that Cole wants to win the ROH Tag Titles with MJF, uh, but not with an ROH legend, uh, and his real best friend, which is Roddy. Andrew said that he is sick of Strong's jealous ex-girlfriend vibes and wanted Strong to get in his car, go home, and cry to his pillow and wanted him to listen to Taylor Swift and shake it off, you bland female dog. Um, and the fans chanted, shake it off, which that was that was funny. His insults to Strong always just seemed to be Roddy's so, been so great good. in this role. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Roddy's doing really good. Very this amusing. is probably the best, one of the best things Roddy's done. Which is He's funny. Saying something that they brought Roddy up, I heard he's really, he was a really good heel when he was ROH champion. And the neck though. brace, he yeah he was. I remember him being like, like the arrogant frat boy kind of thing was mm-hmm. what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard good things about that. Um, he said that the kingdom was right. Boom, they got mentioned. Yes. He did it. Uh, Cole. What? Well, uh, they were right about Cole saying that Cole was never Strong's friend, or that he forgets about his real friends. Um, Bennett and Taven came out to hug Strong and then they walked to the back with him. Cole shoved MJF asking him what his problem is. He said he's Max's friend, but he's Strong's friend too. Um, and he was poking him in the chest and, and MJF kept going like, like it was some big deal, like wiping yep. it off, like, cause he was getting poked a lot. Right in the heart. It was hurting his heart. The best wrestling finisher ever is the heart punch. It is. Um, and then Cole apologized for that. Uh, MJF said they hug it out, Profusely. so they hugged it out. Uh, MJF said it's fine and Cole, told Cole to go check on his boy. Well, Cole said he was sorry. MJF said all right as Cole left and MJF kind of like got a more serious look and Cole's running off. Cole had the limited edition, the white shirt with the stars. I'm so mad I didn't get that. So they're wrestling two matches now on. In theory. 
So I can't see them working their hardest in the pre-show one, right? Because you gotta not gonna risk hurting well, yourself. I don't think they're gonna hurt the main event. And, well, I think that's that's how you I would do it if you're wrestling twice. Is either you go back to back or you distance themselves, or you distance them as far as you can. So I think this works. Do you think it plays into the story? Like for example, um, we get to the tag match. Cole refuses to tag in and just lets MJF take a beating. I don't think it would be something like that. One -on -one. But um, I'll kind of get to mine after I talk about this. But, but yeah, well, thought, what do you think about the segment? I thought Cole sounded least. great here. He usually does. Um, and I'm really enjoying Roddy with the neck brace and that whole thing. And it's just like MJF's abuse of Roddy is just a bridge too far for Cole, right? Like that's what I, I like that that's there. still something like he's not... As much as like they are playing that as a storyline, be which I like, he hasn't actually forgotten about Roddy, yeah. right? Like I like that. That. But then he also there. knows like this is why MJF doesn't have friends because this is how he treats people. So he's kind of like in between those two. So yeah, I thought it was good. There's a lot going on, and I think uh, pretty much all of it's being done really well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I enjoyed it as well. Another great one from these two. Um, the insults in the quote unquote promo battle were really funny. Um, it's interesting they're challenging Ozzy Open on the pre-show, um, but I guess um, AW going all out, which was unintended pun, but then I accepted it Yeah. Uh, for the biggest show ever, because that's a big-ass match for a pre-show. It um, is. But I'm all for it, because I think it'd be, it would create an interesting story heading into their title match. I love them both, and I love Ozzy Open. The one caveat is they cannot win under any circumstances. Because <laughs> I love Cole and MJF, but Ozzy Open have to win. They're a legitimate team, and they're one of my favorite teams going right now. And Ozzy Open deserves something to do. And while FTR have the main belts in AEW, Ozzy Open can do at least some cool stuff with ROH once. It's something for them, and they deserve gold. Like, I don't. I think Cole and MJF stand to gain more storyline-wise from losing the titles. So to answer your question earlier, I think they it would be interesting to have them coming off another loss um, heading into their big match against each other, right? Because bearing in mind, the last tag match they had was losing to FTR, right? So I think it'd be interesting to have them coming into a singles title match against each other, having lost two title matches already. And then maybe during this match, MJF becomes, like, during the title match, I mean, like, the AEW title yeah. match, MJF becomes more desperate to hang on to his last title, right? Because he's lost two shots of the title already. So this is the last remaining title or opportunity or anything adjacent that he has, right? And mm -hmm. so he'll pull out something to, like, win. He'll do the ring or a low blow or anything that he's done before. You know what I mean? That yep. kind of thing. And that'll that'll facilitate a split after. I feel yeah. like that could, that could work. that, you know? But my main point being, Aussie Open don't deserve to go out like that, so they have to win. I'd actually be upset if they lost, even though I love Cole and MJF, and I love this thing, but I think Aussie Open losing would be an unnecessary I don't step think they in this. Lose, I don't think they lose, but I'm just saying, it's like a Takesha thing. I'm protecting yeah. them at all costs. Um, I don't, I can't have them losing, because it, it doesn't really work for me, but um, I think that's interesting, though. The match should be good, and it's yep. definitely something worth watching on pre-show. I could... Depending on what I'm doing, I would be able to watch that away because I can just watch that on YouTube. True. So we'll see. I'll watch that. YouTube's in my, everywhere. My Toronto adventures. Uh, um, next, we got Lucha Bros versus Blackpool Combat Club, which is Mox and Claudio. Um, do you remember this or did you forget this? I, I remember this okay. happening. Okay. No, I'm just checking. You even have notes. Uh, Joker Penta is back. Yep. It's, honestly, it's his best look. I mean, the white and gold at... Uh, was it Supercard of Honor? Or was it, it was Death Before Dishonor. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, that was probably if 
there was no Joker Penta, I think the white and gold would take the cake because white and gold is the best color combo of all time. But it is um, strong, very strong combo. Seth Rollins, I mean, and I can see it usually. <laughs> I can recognize gold, white, <laughs> yeah, no true. problem. White is strong. arguably your best color. Good with the white. Yeah. Um. But anyways, Joker Penta is awesome. They need to make a figure of this at some point. Honestly, like. I don't know how they're not making a figure of it because it's just, it's so nice. That's why half my it's stuff so is good. black and white. Two colors that are super simple. Well, and then it's like, if you're putting together a wardrobe, it's, you're not going to have too many issues. That's correct. Yeah. Must suck. Anyways, uh, Stereo dives to outside from the Lucha Bros before the match starts. Uh, Penta hit uh, me Japan. Early. Uh, yeah, that's what I thought. That yeah. was surprisingly early for two on Claudio. You'd hit Phoenix with Claudio's Arway Child on the ref's back. Then Claudio lifts Phoenix into a military press, and he dropped him into a cutter from Mox for two, uh, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. Spike Pilot Driver from Blackpool to Phoenix for two. Phoenix stuck the Doomsday device and then uh, made the tag out to Penta for a hot tag flurry. Uh, there was an exchange with a lot of strikes between everyone, and um, a series of moves left everyone down. Then there was a strike exchange between Phoenix and Claudio, which was kind of similar. Um, then Mox Penta tag in. We get a lengthy chop exchange. Then Very the, lengthy. The finish came when you had... Or, Sorry, Phoenix took out Yuta with a moonsault on the outside. Then Mox unmasks Penta and rolls him up for the win. Uh, then post-match, Blackpool attacked Lucha Bros further, and Claudio wore Penta's mask, which is kind of funny. That was funny. The mask-pulling thing is getting close to overdone for me, but it kind of works. Especially on them. It's always. But Blackpool, I guess, are and awful specifically heels, right? Penta. So really good match, as you would expect with these guys. Competitive. Gives Blackpool a quality win on TV, and you get a good showing for the Lucha Brothers. Uh, I didn't expect them to win, but yeah, the, it was a very good tag team match, as you would expect. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it started off pretty fast, which I thought was good, and then they slowed it down for picking back up. Mm-hmm. I just feel like, in general, this feud is kind of lacking something. It, it might, is. It might be pack. um but it just felt like something's missing in general. The heat's not there for me. Yeah, the heat's not there for me. As much as I like it on paper, because I love both. Same. Both of them. Just the heat is not there. If you had told me this was just a match they threw together with no story, that that's kind of what it felt like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it doesn't help that, of course, it just doesn't, like, not only does it feel kind of heatless, but it just doesn't hit the same as Blackpool Elite, which is one of my favorite things in recent memory, right? That was awesome. And that, that felt like a really hit, right? That it just tales from moment. recent comparison, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Big time. Um, some cool sequences in here, though, and the finish works well enough. It's something we've seen happen in Lucha Bros time and time again, but it works well enough, I guess. Um, and yeah, this is solid, but it does feel like it could have been the same without a prior storyline, yep. which is not a great thing. Nope. Just I feel like I should be liking this a lot more than Me I too. am. And I, I like it. I don't want to say that I'm not, but just I feel like I should be getting much it's, more enjoyment. It's not feeling it. like an important program to me. No, it just feels like it kind of came out of the back door yeah. of... Um, the previous few because it kind of yeah. stemmed from the blood and guts and then right. it kind of it's just kind of and then Pac, from there. i get it it's hurt by pack not being there to interact and do yeah. anything too but just obviously. even with pack there i was just like i just kind of want heal pack and i know it's ironic to say that i we could take a hiatus from death triangles i'm wearing a death triangle shirt you are but i want them to give some time for heal pack again because it's been a long time since we've heal seen pack is dope exactly um Next, we get uh, Kenny Omega interview. Uh, Marvez asks him what's next. Uh, Omega says FTR and the Bucks are for the best, and he hopes for the Bucks to win, obviously. And he says next week he'll sit down no with kidding. JR to talk about his future um, in Kalos and Takeshita and his plans for All In. Yeah, I, Kenny was playing it straight here, right? Just kind of serious, straightforward. No, not really any new information. It was fine. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, it was perfectly fine. A uh, really quick bit to give us something for next week. Um, and those are these are the things that we like from JR, so I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. So, and, That's his best role. And Omega's a good subject at this time, I I think. So um, it's a good time to bring back that for JR. There are people who hate Kenny Omega speaking, eh? I, know, I found really? this out, yeah. Like, I don't think he's like an all-timer or anything, but I think, and I do think he has kind of his own style, and I think some people just don't like it. I don't understand him. I don't mind. It's not like... It's not like a Roddy thing where he's awesome in the ring. He's just not good on the mic. Roddy's just like wooden. Roddy's like, yeah. Although he's amusing the heck out of me right now. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, he's finally found something good. But yeah. um, you mentioned Kalsin Takesha before mentioning All In. So that makes me think that's a possibility if Osprey right. isn't. As someone all but dead said on the Osprey Omega rubber match, um, Omega Takesha not is happening. acceptable. Um, it's an acceptable because you're getting Jericho Osprey instead. That's horrible. That <laughs> I'm legitimately gonna be pissed if they confirm that because that's just like I, not only you're gonna deny me of the thing I want, but you're gonna give me something I actively don't want. My hope is that they put that rumor out there as like a trial balloon, and that the the reaction has been not favorable, I, and that they don't. They do have it. to know that's not a good idea. Or maybe they do it, and Osprey like. I'm going to pull a four and a half star care. match out of Jericho. At I don't 50, care what he whatever. pulls out of Jericho. That's not the point. It, <laughs> he needs to do it with Omega or like something. And then Billy Gunn's going to unretire and he'll pull a match out. Of, do you know how old Billy Gunn is? How old is he? 59. Damn. He's older than Jeff Jarrett. He looks sick for 59. Whoa, well, though. I mean, there is some possible yeah, but, enhancement that but, I would suggest. But still, for yeah, 59. absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, but Omega Takesha is sweet. But the now the dream, of course, is Omega Osprey at all in. Uh, then Omega can deal with Takesha all out right after. But I don't know if they'll do that. They probably won't. But I feel like that's the kind of thing they have to consider because booking two pay per view circles together mm-hmm. is like that's why I'm kind of thinking of that kind of double header for Omega, and then also my idea for Swerve and Darby. Speaking of which, Mogul Embassy time. Uh, that's what my we first call note. A Jack, segue. Jack, a big fan of Nana these days. You enjoy the Nana. He just <laughs> it's has really fun, man. funny. It is. It's so funny and it's so dumb. He just dances. <laughs> he just. That, it's, it's so great. dumb. It's like I don't know why it's so funny, but it's really it's funny. Nana, Nana it's is awesome. Like, I don't know how to describe, but it's just it's like it's kind of like with it, Sammy and Zayn. It would tickles dance you great. <laughs> it's it's so funny. It's. It, he did that one what when Swerve was going out to face Darby a couple weeks yeah. ago, but it's, he was dancing a lot this week. Yeah, it was really fun. They are they're just all like he's dancing on the way down, right? Which is really fun. But then like they're all posing on the apron or, or in the ring, and he's still still just going grooving, and it's it's really funny. It's funnier Swerve, than it has any right to be. Swerve looks so crazy. He looks so cool. But like, it's just Swerve is cool. Swerve it's is the cool. only way to explain because like. I feel like there is a universe where someone dresses like that and they look dumb. No, Swerve Swerve is one of those people that just has so much swag or whatever that He's he can pull off. On, it's whatever confidence, whatever the formula is to to pull off whatever. God something. Yeah, because you know, he's, he's got a it. ridiculous hat, and he's got grills in, and he's got whatever, and oh, a fur coat. I and, hate grills, but, but he looks I like it on cool Swerve. Yeah. Yes. Like, or like remember when he was NXT, he had the weird like colored dreads. Look he great. still look cool. He's like, awesome. It's, he, just, he looks, he's cooler than he has any right to be. He's just, he's the coolest guy he's just got something that's why they need to put Which the title is why I'm on him happy he's fronting this group now it feels like yeah they need to put something be. on him at some point if not the main title i would 
argue, like, I know he had a shot, but... Top heel. I'd argue you give him the Atlantic title. I did say Jay White before, but Swerve's on a roll right now. I'd argue you give Swerve the Atlantic title. Give him a solid run with that, because that can prep him with, like... Obviously, I think, and I think you would agree, he's main title ready. Yep. However, I think to you could give him the make card title. And I'm saying the Atlantic title or international title or whatever, um, because the TNT title sucks. So. Oh, yeah. No, the All-Atlantic you right give now him, is You prestigious. give him the good belt, right? Exactly. And whoever exactly. takes it off Cassidy is Right. And then made. Swerve, you give him, like, I'm not saying he, obviously, he's ready for the main title, but I think it's still good to test the waters with him as a champion. Yep. Which, and I think you give him time to, like, prove he could kill it with a title. And then not only would he be ready for a main title run, like, just no doubt he would be full ready for it after a mid-card title run. It'd be like, you know how the Intercontinental title Intercontinental used to be the prop mm-hmm. up for it'd be like that. That's it's the idea the, yeah, here. The right? idea is you're on right. your That's way. That's kind of my title. thought process here. And yep. then also with Cassie's great worker, then if Swerve would have a great run, that props up that title even more, which yeah. is also kind of the goal, right? So I feel like it would kind of work in both ways there. So I once he's done with all this, I would like Swerve to have that belt, and then I'm saying twenty twenty four is the year he gets the belt. Because obviously the time's not right, but Put gold on Swerve. Atlantic title would give you time to like for the world title picture to shift into a picture where you have a babyface champion that Swerve can take out. You know, because it's not just us. People love Swerve. Like I've seen some people saying he could be a champion, and then I, I believe it. I think he would be a fantastic champion. And, and this is the AEW where he's not too small. Cause nope. The, he was cruiserweight and in North America. He's thicker American. than he used to be too. He's yeah. added a he's yeah. added muscle. For he sure. was cruiserweight division for a while, then he was North American champion where he did nothing. They didn't do anything with him there, so he has potential. Anyways, enough with the fantasy booking, but uh, we, we just, love Swerve. We're a Swerve podcast here. We are. Um, but yeah, so Swerve's in with the mogul MC. Um, he bragged about him the <laughs> the massacre of Nick Wayne. It was last week. Um, massacre. On awesome segment. Massacre at the Buddy Wayne Academy. Um, Fox then called up Darby Allen to bring his ass out here. Um, Darby Allen indeed brought his ass out there. Um, and he, he called Fox. He said he called Fox and he wouldn't answer. He said he tried to get Fox in AEW sooner. Then Fox got in AEW by himself and said congratulations to Fox. He said he respected Fox and he's going to credit Fox for changing his life. He said he said something about like he got in AEW by himself and cr- congratulations, but he's mad about like him vouching for a 16 year old right. or something. Which um was interesting, which what, is what we what were talking we about last week, yep. right? So I like that they did bring it to that. Um, Alan said Fox um has some new friends, but Alan has friends too, which uh, that just made me groan because <laughs> you know it's not Nick Wayne. Uh, so then the mad. lights went out and it's it's Buddy Wayne, he's back from the dead. Uh, no, it's Sting. Um, so yeah, that's great. And what Sting like to do when Darby's in trouble? Make a group of heels look dumb. Hey, I've got an idea. We've got a really emerging heel group right now. With freaking Swerve. What would further elevate them? Let's have them all cower and get dominated by a literal senior mm-hmm. citizen. Hey, you know how Brian Cage is like really muscular and he could do really cool things, but he hasn't because he's always looked like a chump against Sting? I didn't want to like, do it again. I didn't like the face paint choice this no, week. No, I thought that was weird. But I just... This is not the first time Brian Cage has been chumped by Sting in a And fashion. maybe it's us because we're not Sting people, but I don't get this helping. It doesn't help They just help looked them. so vicious and violent and cool last week, and now this Sting's it there. It undoes some of it for me. Correct. 
And I don't know why and they made even this Even things choice. like when Sting made Kip Sabian and Butcher and Blade look stupid. Are they a top two faction? No, but that doesn't do them any favors. If Sting's one of his friends in a group of them and the numbers game is more no, even. No, but it was literally just Sting just and Darby Sting taken out. Ring. Let's see. It's Swerve, Gates of Agony, Cage, and Fox. That's five people. Right. And all of them are able-bodied. One of them's muscular as hell. Uh, Gates of Agony are killers. One of them's a savage Samoan, and one of them's an actual prince. Yeah. uh, And one of them's Swerve. So, and one of them's Air Fox. And they look cool too. Right. This this group is cool looking. I, I think I've come around on this group partially. Like I think I have. I I like them. Well, I. So, okay, so I don't want to make it sound like I didn't like them, but I always thought like Swerve with the Embassy was a weird yeah. kind of fit. I feel like having someone like Fox in there kind of helps because that's someone Swerve's actively kind of, or like, I don't know if you're recruiting, but like that's one, someone tied to Swerve that's like actively. It feels like it's shifted to this is Swerve's group instead of it's a group Swerve's in. Right. Which is more and important. I feel like even me. when Swerve was kind of leaning before, but like when they showed up at Forbidden Door, it feels like. It just feels like Swerve and, like, these guys that attacked on him. Or, like, I think kind of what you're saying is, like, it was like the embassy was Swerve tacked onto it. Yeah. But now it does. This was the first time where it really did feels feel like, like his f- group. And also Nana yes. being more entertaining helps me a lot, too. Yep. But, yeah, so they beat them up and Sting pointed the all-in logo so great. That card's going to have Sting now. Mm-hmm. Uh, then So, yeah. Um, I like most of this, though. Swerve's awesome, and he's just the coolest I just I don't understand, but he's just so cool. He's got that super villain look down pat. He does. Um, what he said was sweet. Uh, Fox was solid too, but it was really short. Uh, he only really had the one line. Um, I like what Darby said too, because if we only had the explanation from last week, Darby seems kind of like the bad guy, right? Like if mm-hmm. it's just like you didn't call me when you got there, then Darby kind of seems in the wrong. But I like Darby giving us the full picture here because now it makes Foxes yeah seem he had like to an, say something. Seem, it makes Fox seem like a a heel logic kind of point yes. of view an understandable one but still kind of the heel logic where it's like he's taking it out of context kind of right so i like that sting or not sting darby allen's giving us the full picture um the part where sting came in was lame because of course he had to make an entire heel faction look like chumps which is always so great and it's even i love it even more because it's swerve mm-hmm. and i just love swerve looking stupid that's what i love so much me too i'm not a huge fan of the match they chose for all in but hopefully not the not sting participants can pull something worthwhile because Swerve, Fox, and Darby are awesome. So hopefully they can salvage that for me. Um, they book, they booked uh, Darby and Nick Wayne in a tag against Gates of Ag next week, which should be killer. Um, but also, I don't get why they couldn't just put Darby and Wayne against Swerve and Fox in some sort of key match. Is it that hard to book them there? Um, that makes way more sense storyline wise than putting Sting in there because Wayne and Alan now both have a grudge against the embassy whereas Sting's just kind of a tag along. You if you really want Sting in there for a draw or whatever, you can have him interfere in that match and to a minimal effect and that's fine. But I don't think we need him in a full match and like I guess like you kind of mentioned to me like they don't maybe like it's a big spot to give Nick Wayne. I don't care. Nick Wayne's kind of sick and that would be good for him. And I think that match would be way better. And also the coffin match kind of telegraphs the win for me, which I like even I think less. So. Yeah. Because um, when I saw the match, I was like, oh, yeah, the Sting would probably win, but there's a chance. For, but it's a coffin match. Mm-hmm. So it kind of seals it for me. Uh, and Nana was really funny. Yep. Um, you got anything else? Or? No, I talked about what I thought okay. about it. I this I forgot that you said anything. I feel like I talked a lot. That's okay. Um, next, we get our main event. 
Main yes, event. Main event. The last Anna match Jay. on the show. And AKA the last thing you're gonna see for this show. The last thing you get this week is Anna J. I mean, they're trying to get the women main events, I guess, but I don't know why Anna J deserves this. Yeah, spot, that's but. what I kind of send my notes later. It's like I appreciate them putting the main of ev- the women in the main event in like two weeks in a row. I have no problem with that whatsoever. Like when it's Storm Sheeta, great. That's a good match to have a main- as a main event. That yep. makes sense to me. It just needed more build, but this just doesn't make sense to me. Yep. How is Anna J main eventing? That's not the issue I have here. Women is fine. If you had she defending against someone else and yep. you put it in the main event, that is totally fine with me. Also, now that she is champ, bring back Serena Deeb. They have history. Well, Willow Athena main evented a pay per view and it was awesome. Right. There's Great no match. problem with that. But Anna J is the problem here. Direct. Um, J air quote hits. The Thia Doom to knock Sheeta off the apron. Um, brackets, I wrote what? The her, or the Thia Doom hit the rope and then she still fell. But she just it fell was, off. it's not good. She was holding on the ropes and just the ropes wobbled a little too much. Yeah. Uh, Sheeta goes for the running off the steel chair, but Angela Parker gets in the way, buys Jay time to throw her into the stairs. Jay gets she in the Queen Slayer. Uh, Sheeta nearly gets the ropes. Jay pulls her back down, hooks and legs. Sheeta eventually gets the ropes. Jay goes for it again and hooks on her back. Then Sheeta climbs up the ropes and falls back to release the hold. Uh, Falconer off for two, and then the Katana knee strike gets the win. But there was, Parker was trying to do something. It was kind of confusing. I don't know. Oh, thank you. Because my note says, and I was getting ready to ask you, what was going on at the end of this match? Because it full on looked like breaking up the pinfall, right? But then it, it didn't like, happen. I thought he was like. They said he was trying to wake her up. I don't understand. Revive her, or uh, it looked like it was supposed to break. I thought it he was trying to pull her out, or pull. Or, yeah, I, my thought was pull her out her hand or something. So I wasn't sure what was going on there, but I, I mean, this was not a main event on paper, and I don't think it was a main <laughs> I don't event think it was, in execution. I don't think it was ever a main event. I again appreciate them putting the women in the main event two Agreed. weeks in a row. That's exactly what I said. I respect them putting the, main, the women in the event two weeks in a row because that feels like. An improvement, right? Yes. And it's but something a weak we main event, it was right because I have like I don't want to be that guy who's like, oh, the women should be no, that's perfectly fine yep. with me. But 100% I fine. think like it's weird to put Anna Jane there because she is not main event ready at all. Because I think it's a it was okay, but like and it's not on Sheeta, but it falls short as a main event. It doesn't for sure. really establish Sheeta's reign at this no, point. No, I think either, like I for think. first offense, like. Uh, we we surely could have put someone better for her to get past. Like I know she just beat Nyla Rose in like the build up to um her facing Storm, but I would be okay with them running that back because Nyla Rose is someone at least in title orbit sometimes, yes. right? Or I know it's Outcast, but put her against Ruby Soho. That would be something worthwhile to mm-hmm. me, right? Um, I have no issue with them being in the main event. I cannot say that enough. But it's more so I have an issue with Anna J being in the main event. She's not ready um, for this. Because you knew it was never going to be anything great, right? Um, she's not really at that level yet. Um, we still get uh, bothered when our weekly women's match is her, let alone the main event this week. And this also serves as she's like kind of qualifier for All In, which bothers me more. Yeah, I feel like this... That they put the title on Sheeta all of a sudden and then maybe there wasn't a better plan in place than this. I don't know. They could put someone better though. Or just like not put in the main event. That's fine. And I think that Anna Jay is one of those who also limits the opponent. So Sheeta's not going to look as good because she can't do as much or work as fast or whatever I'm worried she may end up like a Dana Brooke kind of thing where she yeah. just won't get better. She doesn't seem to be improving a ton at no. this point. But yeah, Ty Conti was match. there at one point. Yeah. Um, we, we cannot say that enough, but 
I don't think that's Anna J. Yeah. And the finish was kind of weird too. It didn't really help. I'm not sure either. what was supposed to. I, happen I'm not there. sure what Parker was trying to do or something else was supposed to happen, but it definitely seemed weird. Yeah. Like, not that this match really needed a big climax, but it felt kind of anticlimactic to me. Yeah. Um. Anyways, a fine match. I guess not a strong main event choice by any means. And I just realized I'm pointing out to you, which is interesting. Uh, Jazz book or sorry, no, with the Jazz. Starting at Anna J book ended dynamite this week, which is just that's something right. that's a great thing to birth into the universe. Yeah, overall, I don't think this was a very good in ring yeah, show, right? Bucks Hardys, that RVD Jungle that Boy. That became more clear to me when you said earlier uh, the, that our first two matches were Hardys right. and RV. That was when I was like, yeah, this doesn't feel like an overly strong dynamite. Like Blackpool Lucha was probably match of the show, and but again, it was... even then we felt we said that felt like kind of a random, and yeah. that's not exactly the goal. So there. really, only four matches, and none of them were amazing. No, right? Um, I think segments are where like the Jazz segment to open shined here. I like that. Yeah, I like that segment to open. MJF Cole was good. Um, Both of the segments. I didn't love Sting coming in and kind of ruining Swerve's group and everything. Right, that so... kind of hurt that segment for me. This show, I don't think it was awesome. Uh, I'm gonna go B minus because I that's fair. I feel like I like it more than in the moment than going over it here today. So I didn't think it was a terrible show, but yeah, lacking in the ring for sure. Yeah, but a B minus. Yeah, um, I definitely think what you said earlier, like having Hardys and RVD in the same show in 2023, half the matches doesn't help. Yeah, half the matches exactly. Yeah. yeah, both of those matches were fine, but like only like as good as you would expect, which is not. A wild compliment right um the tag match the other tag match sorry the blackpool one was like pretty good but not like amazing it didn't hit as it didn't the kids it didn't hit say. enough right then in the main event just was not a good choice yeah um the opening segment over delivered i thought so that's a nice thing to say for jackson i mean i think that was a surprising highlight of the show i thought um cole mjf's Bro Sash was funny, and then their uh, main in-ring segment I thought was really strong. Uh, the Mogul Embassy started off good, but then they got stinged, so or they got stung. Stanged. Stanged. <laughs> uh, that's what that was, yeah. Um, Omega Interview plans something interesting for next week. Uh, Jericho Interview plans something less interesting for next week. Um, and that's about it. So I think a B-minus B- is fair. Definitely a drop down from Diamond 200. Yep. And it gets a bit of a bump down because it didn't have tunnels. And no, no tunnels. paint splatter either. Gone. Uh, the old graphics made me happy. All right. Well, let's move into looking at some trivia as it's approaching uh, 1230 in the morning here. Uh, we like to call that segment off the top of his head. All right. As I finished chewing my snack you brought down here, much appreciated. I'm hungry, too. So... Mm. 15 challenging WWE Attitude Era questions. Just because. That sounds AI. It is. Oh, good. And there's even a... I don't know if I didn't notice this before. If it's new, at the bottom, there's a disclaimer that says, free research preview. Chat GPT may produce inaccurate information about people, oh, really? places, or facts. I, I Hard to had believe. no idea. Be the first time. I had no idea. So I don't know if this answer is right, because I never knew that, heard this detail before. But okay. who coined the term Attitude Era? I have no idea. So their options are... Vince McMahon, Jim Ross, Triple H, Stone Cold. Um, I'm going to go with Jim. I would assume Jim Ross. They said Jim Ross. That I even does... tried to fact check it and I couldn't find it. I was so. going to. so I, I don't know I where they know. pulled that it That does from. sound like a Jim Ross thing. It though, does. So that uh, is totally fair. At which WrestleMania did Stone Cold Steve Austin defeat Shawn Michaels to win his first uh, WWE championship? 14. They got that right. Wow. Nice. So we can assume they got two right. We'll, we'll, we'll give them the JR one. Uh, 
real name of Attitude Era star Val Venus? Sean Morley. Correct. I only know that because of TNA. Yeah, Fun I fact, I worked at the high school he went to. Hmm. He went to Markham District High School. Markham. In the, I don't know, early Forgot 90s? He's like the 80s. Or whatever. Which WWE diva famously had a bra and panties match against Terry Runnels at WrestleMania 2000? I don't think it Uh-oh. was a bra and panties match, but it was the cat. That's not even an option. It was. I remember it was Terry versus the cat, and that was the only singles match. So they're Probably saying Terry Runnels versus Trish Stratus at it 2000. It definitely wasn't Trish. I think she was accompanying TNA on something. Um, Let me double check. So I'm almost positive I got it. Where's results? There it is. Okay. All right. Um, Yeah, TNA with Trish Stratus. So she was with them. Boom, got that. Nailed it. And then um, it's Terry Runnels versus the cat. Boom. Two for two. The cat. That was the king's lady friend, right? Um, Yep. Or Miss Kitty or whatever it was. But she's the cat here. What tag team coined the phrase, ooh, chavo, during the Attitude Era? Little Los Guerreros or? Not even an option. So I'm assuming they got it wrong, and it is Los Guerreros, unless. But they're not Attitude Era, so that wouldn't even. Unless someone else said it. Interesting. Is that who are they saying? I don't think so, because it was just in the song in their theme song, right? I who said it? They're or... saying it's Edge and Christian. I don't. They weren't even in the same company in the Attitude Era, so. I don't know. I think it's wrong. I would be inclined to. And agree. then this question's ridiculous. Who did the Rock famously refer to as Candy Ass? Like Billy Gunn? 50 different people. Oh. Probably. But anyways. I was just thinking of the Billy Gunn one where he just buried him. They said Stone Cold, so that's a dumb question. I, I guess. I don't know. Which pay-per-view event featured Hell in a Cell match between Undertaker and Mankind? King of the Ring 98. I thought they were going to mention the one. At... They said SummerSlam 98. Nope. King Who do I believe? <laughs> just it's, kidding. Everyone knows it's King of the Ring. Not ChatGPT. Who interfered in the main <laughs> event of that's WrestleMania true. 15? Helping Stone Cold defeat The Rock, if that's even true. He did win. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to assume they said Vince, but that's not right. They did say Vince. That's Mania 17. Okay. Because that's the one where he turns heel, you know, and he beats right. the crap out of Rock with a chair. <laughs> right. That one. They tried. You got to yeah. give him marks for trying. Which close. WWE superstar was known for? <laughs> this is a good question. Which WWE superstar was known for his suck it crotch chop gesture as part of D-Generation X? Ready for your options? DX was like... Shawn Michaels, okay. Triple H, X-Pac, or Billy Gunn? <laughs> oh, God. Which um, one of them? I'm going to go Triple H. <laughs> the only one. Yeah, Triple H is correct. <laughs> okay, so he's the only person who did that. That's Just, right. They, they You'll all never stood see there. anyone. They all stood there. No, the rest of them would do like the X over their heads, and while Triple H is just like chopping his crotch all day long. He was he took it too far. Yeah. (laughs) Who held the WWE Women's Championship and the WWE Hardcore Championship simultaneously during the Attitude Era? What in the Hardcore title? Women's Championship. I don't think that's right, but who? How dare you? Who do you think? Um. Options: China, Ivory, Jacqueline, Lita. I don't think any of them did. China, you don't know anything. (laughs) She definitely didn't. Because I don't, I don't think that's right. Also, sorry, just looking at the... Um, You're wrong. WrestleMania 2000 still. I was looking at t- t- TNA, which was Tess and Albert, which Trish Stratus. They defeat Head Cheese, which is Al Snow and Steve Black. And with, and I quote, yeah, Chester McCheeserton. Nice. <laughs> which WWE event featured the infamous Pillman's Got a Gun segment involving Stone Cold? Which event? Sorry? 
Which event? Yeah. Probably one in your houses. I don't know. It was. I don't know which one it was. Options? Mind Games, Canadian Stampede, or Bad Blood? I think it was Mind Games. They said Bad Blood, but... Bad Blood? I couldn't guarantee know. it. I don't think so, but... Who is the special guest referee for the I Quit match between games. The Rock and Mankind at Royal Rumble 1999? Was there even one? They say so. I don't... I have no idea. Vince, um, Shane, Triple H, Stone Cold. I go Shane. They say Vince. Vince. Um, I feel like if okay, you had no idea, maybe that didn't happen. Royal Rumble 99. 99. Yeah, that, that year and event is at least right. Which so. wrestler popularized the stink face? Um, Rikishi. Correct. Oh, Sultan? Yeah. At which um, WrestleMania did Stone Cold, Stone Cold... There's no mention of a ref. And yeah. No, but that's the one where Vince won the Rumble, so that can't be right. Which WrestleMania did Stone Cold Steve Austin face The Rock in a no DQ match for the WWE Championship? Uh-oh. The Rock and Austin? Yeah. The no DQ one was X7. Correct. Yeah. Last I one. I don't know if the um I don't know if the uh 15 one was as well, but I don't think it was. Which WWE superstar infamously crucified his opponent? on a T-shaped cross during a storyline in the Attitude Era. Taker? No. Taker's the only one who did that, unless they're talking about ECW. Did he the one that crucified his opponent? Probably. Yeah. The, so they're saying Undertaker, Sting, Raven, or Shawn Michaels? Raven, did, I know, did it. Raven, so. correct. Okay, so they're not talking WWE then. That's, that's fair. Well, they said which WWE superstar. Oh, so then they're wrong. Right, that makes sense. But anyways, we tried. They had some things right and some things wrong. But we'll get into what will be our last segment this week, right? Where we talk about oh, what yeah. we liked and didn't like from the week of wrestling other than Dynamite. And we call that segment High Spots and Rest Holds. All right, we'll start on Monday. That's Raw. That's you. What was good or bad? Um, where to start? Okay, Um, first one I'll start with is... Uh, high spot. They're all high spots, which I know is surprising. Wow. And um, multiple. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gable won the IC title four-way, so, or title shot, so he's got next at Gunther. Uh, he beat Good Champa, Ricochet, and Riddle. They did a German suplex Tower of Doom spot. That was kind of cool. Beat Champa with Chaos Theory. Uh, it's good for him. It's a shame he probably won't win, but him versus Gunther would be epic if given the right amount of time. They had a TV match the other week, but it was like six minutes or something, I heard. So... And good for Gable, are man. Kind of annoyed, but that's yeah. I really him like, and he, Walter could he be won really that good. in front of his son too, so that's kind of cool. But yeah, I'm happy for him. That was really cool. I think I heard his son was in matching gear, something like that. Yeah, it was kind of like a Josh Alexander. I was kind just of thing. gonna say Alexander's done that too. Mm-hmm. Um, another high spot. Um, Nakamura beat Brig Bronson Reed. Um, then he also competed in the main event as Sammy's replacement. Uh, more on that later. Uh, good TV time for him, so that's kind of cool. But the real high spot is him turning heel on Rollins after the main event with a Kinshasa, which is. Like, I'm kind of worried what they'll do with him, but it seems like he'll get a world title feud out of it, which is great, even if he loses that, because he hasn't been in the world title picture since the testicle-destroying feud with AJ Styles in 2018, yeah. where they just kicked each other in the in balls the junk, yeah. so many times. Yep. And, like, one of the matches in an count-out, then a no-DQ match, and then a double, like, and no contest because they kicked each other in the balls at the same yep. time, and then a last-man-standing match. Um, So that's good for that's him. That's good. That Hopefully, is good. That will yield some results for him. I just fear a bit because last time they turned him heel, he didn't win the title match. Then 
there was the aforementioned double count, then the no contest had backlash, then he lost last time standing match. Then he won the US title, did nothing with it, lost it to Rusev, won it back, did nothing with it, lost it to R Truth, which what the hell? Uh, then he won the Intercontinental title on a pre show, did nothing with it, lost it to Braun Strowman, who then beat who then lost it to Sami Zayn in a handicap match with him in it. And then he he won the SmackDown tag titles with Cesaro in at the horror show at Extreme Rules, which do you remember that? Nope. I don't think so. And I feel like Nakamura sometimes if he's not motivated his in-ring stuff isn't quite as good mm -hmm. so i hope that he gets some attention because he's yeah. cool so i'm hope they give him something to do it's just Me i don't too. fully trust them nope um then the final high spot is jd mcdonough hooray uh he finally had some more involvement in raw aside from kicking Dolph Ziggler's ass um he was involved in a backstage thing with Balor and priest um and he kind of piped in on their whole thing uh, saying he thinks the money in the bank case has come between them and they should get rid of it. There were rumors um, he was joining that group. I like that he's kind of at least has some role in that. Yep. And if he joins them, good for him. If not, hopefully he does something else noteworthy. Rebounding from being uh, then disrespected later on, exactly. at SummerSlam. Oh, oh, that was so horrible. And then later on, he beat up Sami Zayn backstage, so he's out of the main event. I wonder if he actually had something wrong with his elbow because they showed a close-up. It looked like Kyle O'Reilly's. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's it. And then I have one wrestle from SmackDown, which is... Coming up. The thing I told you about. Right. Kind of. Oh, yeah. So NXT is next on Tuesday. It was. And Rey Mysterio is making an appearance oh, on the show this week. He'll come back up. It's what? He'll come up. Yeah. And he wants Dragon Lee basically to defeat Dom for the North American title. And that was like the first segment. They're in a car together to start the show, I think it was. Anyways, high spot for me was the opening match, which was Axiom Mustafa Ali. So this was about what you would expect from these two. And that's a good thing for sure. Right out of the gate, pretty much. We're a couple minutes in, and Booker is speaking gibberish. And jo <laughs> Vic Joseph actually calls him out on it. It's like, now you're just saying words or something, basically. Um, but anyway, sure, I'm sure he took it well. Lots of action in the match to distract from Booker's nonsense. We get a head scissor off the apron by Axiom, sends Ali onto the announce table. Um, you have scripts show up in this and distract Axiom for a near fall. I actually thought that was where the it was going to end. I was like, really? This is so cheap. But it didn't happen there. We get a Northern Lights and a Standing Moonsault by Axiom for two. Mustafa Ali with a buckshot lariat, but out of the corner for a near <gasps> fall. And then we have Nima and Price come out to join Scripps, kind of standing there looking menacing. We get an Ali springboard attempt countered into a nice sliding German from Axiom. And then the heels just kind of leave that were there on the ramp or just gone. They didn't want to watch anymore. Nope. Ali hits a jackhammer. Axiom hits a destroyer. Ali rolls out to the floor. Axiom moonsaults to the floor. The crowd is now chanting that this is awesome, and I kind of agree with them. We got a satellite DDT from Axiom that always looks really good for a near fall. And then Ali, we were just talking about this trope, goes after Axiom's mask before shoving him to the floor back in the ring. Ali hits his 450, and it's over. And only about 10 minutes, but a really good uh, action-packed 10-minute match. Probably the match of the night for me. And Ali is still doing some like subtle heel stuff here. And I'm not sure why Scripps and his people came out to do nothing, but I guess it's just to remind us that they're still tangled up with Axiom, unfortunately. But a good start to the ex uh, the episode. I also like the Creeds at first here. They were sort of woven into the show several times because they are not the Creeds, sorry, Schism, because they are hunting the Creeds right now. Um, so Gacy, the first time we see them and his group, uh, have taken a pe bunch of people out backstage. One of them's Ikamanjiro, who's back. And I they're just basically going to continue. Well, he was one of the unmasked. Oh, creeds. right. No, yeah. 
or uh, whatever, dyad people, schism people. Uh, so they're going to just keep confronting people and taking people out until they find the creeds. And I just thought it was nice to see the creeds actually doing something rather than speaking. But they would show up more and more throughout the show on quick segments. Uh, they would take out Smash Mouth later. Do you know who Smash Mouth is? They just coined the name this week. Smash Mouth, that's the band? But they're now a tag team. Who? In NXT. Is it Nima and... No. Ah, oh, damn it. No. It's, oh. Uh, oh my God, I can't remember their names right now, so it's not going to help you. Young guys, uh, Tank, oh, McGee, them. and the other... <laughs> Tank Ledger. Di- right. And uh, Hank guy. Tank and Hank. Uh, that's yeah. why. They were joking about it, so I don't know if it's going to stick or not. And then they later interrupted uh, Tony D and Stax having a photo shoot demanding to know where the creeds were. And the dyad sort of then hint that they're going to come after the tag belts. And Gacy tells them to refocus and find Hey, the I mean, if they stop dyading, then I would be okay. With but I'm hoping that's sort of another sort of splintering here because oh, yeah, he they're like, we want belts. And Gacy's like, worry about what I'm worried about kind yeah. of thing. Okay, I like that. Yep. Uh, so it was okay. Rest hold Kalani Jordan again. This seems to be weekly now. She's challenging Blair Davenport through a really short Instagram post, but she didn't sound great. I don't think it was terrible, and they're trying to do new things, so that's fine. They're just trying to get Kalani Jordan experience, and that's what NXT is for. At least they're only doing it for a couple people at a time instead of like half the show isn't people that don't belong on TV yet. A four-minute match immediately followed. It wasn't great either. Really basic reversals from Kalani Jordan early on. Sloppy head scissor, weak backslide. David Port looked okay, probably limited by her opponent a little bit too. One with her knee strike, Kamagoya thing. Um, Dana Brooke is just incensed after the match and chases Davenport away with the belt. And in the process almost hits Jordan. Like, are we teasing a split already? But it's just like Dana Brooke is now like an extreme, like hardcore icon or something. That's what I thought it was. And it, it irked me. It just feels like Kalani Jordan is the newcomer that we have to endure on NXT right now. Who's not it's ready a to be Cora Jade kind of thing. I ju- it's funny you say that. I have like early Cora Jade, Saul Ruka, Zion Quinn, that Quincy guy, right? Like just people that aren't ready, that they're just seem to be getting them experience here and there. I saw that thing that you talked about the other week where um, Cora Jade was like leaving the locker room. Oh, yeah. That was really bad. It was really bad. Ugh. So these two actually, so Dana Brooks back later ranting about her killer instinct and Jordan is still looking for her killer instinct. Um, just have a kendo stick match. Dana Brooks going to show Jordan what it, that looks like next week when she takes on Davenport. Oh, God. And this new side of Dana Brooke is not working. And I almost feel, I don't know if it's intentionally be, be, being bad, but it's bad. Uh, I did like Noam Dar. I don't think they're that smart. And Tyler Bate for the fake Heritage Cup. Um, the real Heritage That metaphor Cup. made for Noam Dar to replace the one he lost. And I, I'd like to know who their people are if they're making a cup match. And I want to know, Kayfabe, how does NXT like justify honoring this match as a cup match? right? Joseph, I guess it's the same as why is Collision having a Punk title match? I guess. Vic actually points it out um, that someone sanctions this. And Booker T it, ignores right? it. So, uh, first round's the usual feeling out, right? Round two ends right, after... Heritage rules, I forgot. Right. After only 40 seconds when Bate hits a Tyler driver and he's up one nothing after just a bit of the second round. Almost all around three, but 25 seconds is gone due to a commercial. And I don't get picture in picture on NXT, but Bate has tweaked his knee when we come back. And a double cover is saved by the bell to end the round. Um, 
Dar with the vicious back elbow looks so much better than Jericho's Judas effect. Him and Andrade do it so much better than Jericho. Um, so someone else a good one too. I don't remember. So that's a near fall in round f- and round four. He's then targeting Bate's leg with knee bars until Bate finally taps out to give Dar the second fall. Uh, Dar refuses to release the knee bar for quite a while, at, even though it's supposed to end the round. Dar keeps control for the start of round five until a rolling kick from Bate. Uh, Bate fights over another knee bar, hits a German before knocking Mensa off the apron, dueling near falls near the end of round five, and Bate catches Dar with a roll-up to win the match and take I thought that the second me. cup. Me too. So Dar loses his weird. second cup. Um, so and I then, was surprised. I guess like, Bate would have more of a claim to the cup than uh fraser and we get a little clarification on where they're going from here uh, later in this episode and i'm not sure i don't even know if i put it in so i'll say it here that basically dar's willing no wait bait's willing to give up his cup because it's not not actually real right if dar admits that and then he he so he gets to face fraser for the real one yeah it'll be a cup unification and if the winner the next one if the winner raises both cups that would just make my day yeah that i like so funny i like this match metaphor stayed out of it for the most part um i, I thought it'd be funny if metaphor just keep creating cups and he keeps losing them and there's like I 20 of them floating around yeah why didn't mensa just take his place again so, oh i did include it here so bait fraser and uh the metaphor have an entertaining segment backstage later so bait gives dar the fake cup fraser agrees to a unifying match at heat wave so i did make note of it Rest hold, Dijak speaks. Oh, he's so <laughs> frustrating because he's so good in the ring. But he approaches Mello backstage. Wesley interrupts them. Dijak tells Lee that he's no longer in any title picture. And Hayes has sort of walked out here. Lee and Dijak exchange words. Like they, they were mentioning Hayes like he's kind of there, but I didn't. It was just like on them. And then Dijak pretends to leave and then sneaks attack, sneak attacks Wesley. And he just sounds so bad. He's just hard to believe in any segment. Um, it's his delivery and the word. Sometimes I'm just like, it's what they write for them and the delivery's right. good. No, his delivery's not good. But he and Lee could have a good match, I guess. Um, I didn't love the in-ring interaction between Trick and Dragonov. I don't think it was bad, but I was hoping for better between the two of them. Basically, Dragonov still blaming Trick for Dragonov not being champion was pretty long. I didn't really love it. Um, and there was kind of a buzz in the crowd, like people weren't really paying attention and having their own conversations or something. I don't think either guy did a bad job, just a little more generic. And I don't know, maybe just because I don't really think Trick has a chance here, but you never know, I guess. Um, I liked Ray's interactions with a couple young talent backstage. He talked to Roxanne first and then Thea Hale. And Thea's kind of doing like the old school Bailey thing where she's super nervous and excited to talk to Ray Mysterio. Ah. Uh, Ray compliments her heart, believes she'll be champion, but that she needs to be patient. And she asks Ray if he still loves Dom. Um, and it's sort of like a tie-in, I think, for her feelings about Chase, right? Like, even though your son does stuff you don't like, do you still love him? Like, even though Chase did stuff I don't like, whatever, whatever. Uh, Chase comes in. Hale says Ray won't wouldn't have thrown lesson. in the towel. And I, I like this. It's good to have Ray interacting with the young, undersized talent, right? Kind of giving them advice. Um and then working in discussion of Dom and Judgment Day. Hale wasn't her usual full of energy, but she was not as mopey as last week either. Somewhere in between. I thought Vaughn and Braun had a decent, fairly short powerhouse matchup. Vaughn is a lot bigger than Braun Breaker. We find how, how tall Braun Breaker is. Because Vaughn looks significantly larger than him. Uh, so Vaughn was in control early. Braun ended up winning with a spear. 
after the match, Bond Braun puts uh, his one point eight three meters. So like six helpful. six feet. Yeah, uh, she says so. I don't yeah. do conversions. Uh, Braun put his hands on Stone after the match. Uh, Wagner lands a high knee that sends Braun to the floor. Wagner follows about and it hits a very satisfying power bomb through the table. Because I guess Vic Joseph has like a candy jar on the announce table and his candy went flying all over the place. It looked really good. He's exactly, or not exactly his birthday, but he's 10 years older than me. So Vaughn didn't win, but he got the table spot in on Braun Breaker, which is what everyone wanted anyways. So I think that he got something. The match was okay. It was like five, six minutes or whatever. Eddie Thorpe vignette. So they're trying to tap into his indigenous, like he's Native American, right? But it came across really cheesy to me. It was like the stars are animated and turning into like his spirit animal that's uh. a wolf. I think there's a way to do this, but I don't think they did it in a way that works for me anyways. Um, I'd like Lyra Valkyria. She's trying to expose Rhea a little bit. It's backstage and Lyra accuses Rhea of being a manipulator and a user, like really looking over at Dom. Like she manipulates and uses people basically, right? Uh, Rhea says that Dom doesn't need her and that it'll be the greatest North American champion regardless. And so Lyra challenges Rhea to prove that by not helping him in his match tonight with Dragon Lee. And I thought Lyra sounded good. Also like that she seems to be leaning away from the bird character stuff <laughs> in, in some of these segments, which is good. Um, I didn't really enjoy Gulak and Dempsey taking on Briggs, uh, kind of returning, I guess, Briggs and Jensen. Uh, could I have been interesting because it's a contrast of styles, right? You have brawlers and technicians, but it never really got going. Um, there was time spent on Gulak sending their young boy. I forget his name. You remember. That kid Miles that you said is really boring. Yes. He sucks. So really early, Gulak's on the apron asking him for water. And he's like, I don't have water. So then he got sent away. And then commentary, we're focused on other things and not really talking about this match. So I didn't, I thought it was pretty basic. Didn't get much reaction from the crowd. Damon Kemp ran down, suplexed Jensen on the floor. Uh, and then threw him back in the ring for Dempsey to pin with the bridge. So the heels won there. Kiana James. Ivy Nile wasn't very good. James had an inset promo on her way to the ring. Like, you tried to expose my wild side. Oh, yeah, because you, like, had a drink once or were at a party you or went, whatever. You had fun. You had fun, business lady. But she knows how to control it and use it, and she sounded really bad. Is she still feeding with Dolan, or is that over? Uh, I think that was older, over, because oh, who did Dolan face last week? Valkyria, I think, wasn't it? Oh, no, that was Jane. Yeah, I don't know. Who yeah, knows? The, the suckier one. So Kiana seems more aggressive, uh, but I don't think she looked great. Niall absolutely missed a head kick. The crowd was quiet. Commercial break in the middle doesn't help when it's not long. And then you come back from commercial, and Schism has surrounded the ring. And the four, the four roots, one tree is now. Like, there was enough of them to completely surround the ring and, like, smack on the ring and, like, rhythmically pound the apron. Oh, it's uh, underground again, your favorite. It did look like that, actually. So Niles in control, schism distractor. James picks up the win with like a instead of doing the float over flatliner she was doing the four hundred one k. Now she's doing like a single leg code breaker kind of deal or like recoil a, or like an eat defeat with the shin instead of the foot kind of. Uh, Anyways, gotcha. Conveniently, schism have several women in the group this week after never having that before, and they surround Ivy Nile right and until Tony and Stax come out to make the save because. More than four roots, very different roots. All women roots. One tree. Yeah, it's interesting. So this was Ever cheesy, roots. but it kind of worked for me. It, 
Did you see it? It was Carrillo and Garza, so they are having problems within their tag team. I was there when you were watching that. I just wasn't paying attention. It was attention. them texting back and forth with like a sad soundtrack underneath and no talking, just reading their texts. It quickly turns to like, what would their grandfather think of them and blah, blah, blah. And it sounds like they're going to give it another chance for grandpa, basically. But I... I thought it worked. I don't know. It was it was definitely cheesy, it was interesting but from what I saw, but I honestly don't remember. It was anything. just them trying to do something different, and I appreciate it. And I do want this team to stay together, so I thought it was cool. You saw this. It was Tiffany Stratton. Just a quick interview with Mackenzie Stratton, just being in character and dodging questions about her next opponent. Right? I thought and that was kind of funny. Talks yeah. about her new clothes and what colors she should wear and, and stuff that, like that. Kind of dilemma. <laughs> she just is really seems really comfortable in this role, right? And I even think there's room for her to be a baby face and not change a ton she can just be less mean to people maybe i don't know we'll see anyways and it's perfect because the whole barbie thing right now right she fits oh, yeah. in perfectly That's with that really good timing um the main event i thought was actually pretty decent it's dominic mysterio taking on dragon lee dom is definitely slow and inexperienced dragon lee's really fast and awesome um, probably experienced so you got a nice suicide dive and a power bomb by dragon lee at one point Rhea hands dom a belt Ray takes it away. Dom hits a Michinoku driver, and it's over. Um, Lyra comes out to take out Rhea Ripley as she and Dom get in Ray's face after the match. So I thought the match was decent. I don't think it was a great main event, but it wasn't bad either. Uh, Impact. I want to go fast. I'm getting tired. Strong opening tag match in the semifinals for the tournament number one contender with Swan and Callahan. You mean the opening round? Uh, Yeah. Swan and... Oh, my God. My thing just scrolled through. It was Swan and Callahan defeating ABC after Hotch Bullet and Sk- Clubs ABC. Correct. Hotch and Skyler interfered and cost Austin and Bay the match with Sammy hitting a cactus driver for the win. Really good action throughout the match. It got a lot of time to start the show. Finish was sudden. I guess it protects ABC a little bit, right? Because it was a dirty loss yeah. for them. Allow Swan and Callahan to advance so they will take on the Rascals in the finals. Uh, rest hold the Death Dolls. More nonsense. But there, it leads to a four-way match with the Knockouts tag titles. So the Death Dolls were doing their side huddle thing they did last week. And this time, they were side huddling what they were going to tell Santino to get a, included in the match. And Santino joined the side huddle with them. And they didn't even notice. And he gave them advice on what to say. Isn't that funny, Jack? That is. I'm chuckling on the inside. Right? So they did that. And then I'm Masha. laughing internally. Because I think it was the Coven one in the match, too. So Masha and Keller Kelly walk in and say, Did we'll they take do the on side all. huddle, too? No. They just, like, we'll fight all of them. We don't care. So I think it's a four-way. I don't know. Forget yeah. who the fourth is already. Um, Death I just Dolls, saw the graphic. Death so. Dolls, Coven, Masha, and Kelly, and is it? No. It's not Perrazzo and. No, because they're having their rematch. Who's I the just fourth saw team? it, so hold on. Anyways. Rest hold design, oh, damn it. Oh. design vignette with more of the same. And now the focus is, like, on Khan, the last loyal member. So great. We're focusing on Khan now. That's terrible. Yeah, Just it's, stop. Oh, it's Sean Evans. Oh, right. That's right. Um, I didn't love Jody Threat Alicia. Not a lot of interest. Alicia was in control in the middle portion. She did her stuff. Threat one with what she now calls the pop shove it. It's not the F four sixty and four one six anymore. Well what's her F five oh. threat? Pop shove it so anyway, she so. hit it to a distracted Alicia after Eddie trip threat. Uh, Kaz ran down. Then after the match, Kaz goes to swing violently to hit Eddie Edwards with the kendo stick and hits Alicia. And Eddie has to carry carry her away. Um, awesome match. Maybe my favorite match this week. Mike Bailey Kushida got a ton of time. I don't know how much it got. It was long. So many cool counters and just like 
one guy anticipating what the other guy was going to do and having something ready. Um, really fast, crisp offense for both. And a sick-looking package driver from Kushida to get the win. That's a cool move. Because it's a driver, but then you're right into a tight, small package. It looked really good. Um, I knew Kushida Kushida would win because he's the number one contender for the X Division Championship. But the match was fantastic. Again, probably the best match I watched this week. Then I told you this, that there's a part one of a three-part sit-down interview with Tom Hannafan, who's really good, by the way, and Crazy Steve. Who's blind, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, and the story is Steve requested this. And he talks about all his old gimmicks and all the old factions he's been Decay. in and how he's been abandoned by everybody. Um, and he says, I get that Rosemary's doing something else and that, what's her real name? Courtney, whatever, is Courtney in charge now. And he's like, even Tarus is in a match tonight and I'm not around. So I get it. And they're doing their own thing. And then he gets into like, it's just constant roadblocks and he's used to that. And then he, what we've always known, and he even says like some people know, but not a lot of wrestling fans. This man is legally blind. So he was even just talking about like a lot of this job is traveling all over the country. And he's like, I can't drive myself anywhere. I can, I struggle to navigate airports. How does he he do it? I don't understand then. And so he was always with someone then, but like that doesn't answer how he wrestles. And this is true, right? He is legally blind. And this man, like, so I thought this was fantastic because. A, I love realistic stuff, and B, this is really interesting realistic stuff. And it's good for people who don't know because it's yeah. it's still mind-blowing. It's pretty capped. And you can tell when you watch him in this interview, the way his eyes and stuff move, that he yeah. is, in fact, a blind man. Oh, right? yeah. um, so his story is really interesting. They've taken forever to tell it. Maybe he hasn't wanted to tell it, and he's comfortable now. But And it ends just with, like, they bring up his family and it's about he basically implies that that's a, a, a major barrier too in a tough situation. And that's, that's the next. And that's what part two will be. So I thought this was awesome. Um, then I really liked the backstage thing with Joe Hendry and Yuya Uemura as well because it was two random fans and they said, I don't know, they they, they summon Joe Henry with whatever they say, right? And so they say his name. Yuya's been sort of hanging around Joe Henry and annoying him a bit, like getting in a match for a the title and everything with him but anyways so yuya is then summoned after hendry and and hendry's sort of annoyed by it and yuya only says the word champion and then hendry gets mad and thinks that yuya is mocking him for not being champion so he goes on a little rant and then all yuya says is champions with an s and then hendry starts to like it's funny because that's all he said and hendry's like well no how crazy for you to consider us forming a tag team although we have won every match that we've... And then so like even that one word, uh, Henry ends up talking himself <laughs> into forming a team with Yuya and going after uh, tag titles. Like, and I do need a new direction to go sort of thing. So I thought it was entertaining. Uh, rest hold, the main event got my hopes up for the debut of Samurai Del Sol. And then bait and switched me and replaced him with the returning PCO. So I'm all excited. Samurai Del Sol's making his impact debut uh, in laugh. this match. It was supposed to be... Torus, Laredo Kid, Del Sol against Moose, Brian Myers, and Bully Ray. <laughs> but he got um, Del Sol What's that is favorite? taken out by Leo Rush backstage. So the assumption is the baby faces, the small baby faces, now fight a man down. And then this guy makes a heroic recovery and comes back and debuts and does Not great. at all. Not at all. Don't he, doesn't the even all, The opposite, seen. I would argue. We get PCO comes out. <laughs> so the match itself was okay. Uh, there were two much better matches on the show, and I was just disappointed getting PCO. 
and not Del Sol. And that's it for me. So you have some... I have one thing from SmackDown. And it was amazing. Yep. Okay, so to set the stage here, um, a few weeks ago there was the finals for the the U.S. Invitational thingy, right? So to clarify, that was there was the two four ways, one of which was won by Santos Escobar, one of which was won by Rey Mysterio. So the finals was Santos Escobar, Rey Mysterio, LWO match, whatever. That's fine. So Santos Escobar wins the whole shebang by being Rey Mysterio. So let's just... To, to recap, Santos Escobar has won this little weird tournament thing to earn a title shot, right? Right. So that's where we're at right now. And they didn't put the title match on SummerSlam and said they were both in the Battle Royal. Right. And then now they're putting the title match on SmackDown tonight. Which Santos which is won? Uh, no. I picked him, though. He must have won. No. no. Not even... A little. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Theory attacks Escobar twice, once backstage, once during Escobar's entrance from the title match. So then Pierce makes him defend the title against Rey Mysterio instead. <laughs> Real stupid considering Santos beat Rey to earn the title shot. And it's not like Rey hasn't had the U.S. title twice already or a bunch of other ones already. You're not and supposed to remember all that. Meanwhile, Escobar's had let me count, uh, zero. Right. Uh, wait, one. Never mind. Cruiserweight title. I knew I was forgetting something. Zero on the main roster. Boom. Um, at the time of me talking about this, I don't know anything further. Um, but based on previous events, I feel like somehow Theory will lose. What do you think will happen? Theory will lose? Theory loses. Holy crap, <laughs> I was right. Wow, another mess up with Theory, and it's again related to U.S. title. Lame. Uh, Dull wrestled now. Can we do that? Don't know. It's already done. Um, so this is made dumber by the fact that Escobar beat Theory, I think it was last week, in a non-title match mm-hmm. after he had the title shot already. So now I'm even more confused. Um so this is incredibly stupid. I don't know why Rey Mysterio needs the U.S. title, and it just makes Theory look dumb. Like, I know they haven't done a great job of doing this rain, but like, at least give it to Escobar or Ellie Knight or someone who can do something with. Like, Rey Mysterio makes no sense unless nope. you do some LWO thing. But who cares? And all I'm gonna say is they're really lucky they have the Money in the Bank fiasco from last year. As I'm gonna, I'll dub it the 2022 Money in the Bank fiasco mm-hmm. um, from last year. Otherwise, this would be the worst thing to happen to Theory. Cause and I feel bad for Escobar too, cause this. Just does him no service, and now he's doesn't seem he's supposed to be happy about Ray winning it because LWO is all happy, happy and lucha libre. Um, but yeah, this was stupid. I was like, I was already annoyed because he knew where I was gonna go, and then they they did the thing I thought they would do, and it was stupid. Made it worse. Absolutely. Well, I think that's wrapping up episode one sixty. Yep. There's no pay per views or anything this weekend. No, I think we're cruising till all in. Nice. So we will be back for episode 161 a week from whenever you're listening to this. A week from the 13th. Nope, 12th. Because it's my anniversary officially right now. It's 1.09 a.m. on the 12th. Happy anniversary to me. Hope the rest of you have a great week. We'll see you back here for 161. Until then, everybody, take care.